Hello, and welcome to episode 113 of Flicks in a Six. I'm one of your hosts, Anthony Costanzo, with me forever and always, the man, the myth, the Sandman, Alessandro Boyelsi. Say hello, Al. Somehow I managed to spell barrel wrong. <laughs> Perfection. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> making his encore for the first episode of the year, Mr. Gary Garber Gorecki. Say hello. What's up, y'all? I'm looking at this uncut opal. I think it's worth a million dollars. This week's episode, we recap the best of 2019, give you our Star Wars rankings, and touch on some other news and nuggets, all before diving into our flick of the week, uncut gems. But first, Al, what are you and I drinking? <laughs> One of these days, maybe the third, well, no, the next time, I guess somehow you and Gary are going to have to get on the same page and I'll get the wrong beer. No, but it'd be nice for all three of us to be on with the same beer. We for can make once. that happen. <laughs> and admittedly, you know, we've gotten lucky with a lot of our guests where we've been able to have two of the people in the same room. Brian's right. joined you, Dominic and Jenna joined me. But all three of us are in three separate tri-state area states. So it's a little bit hard to do that. So we have a Kentucky coffee barrel cream ale. Um, let's see, what do we got here? It has centennial hops, tasting notes of coffee, grain, toffee, and oak. I can't read this. Oh, my God. Cream ale with natural flavors aged in oak bourbon barrels. 5.5% alcohol by volume. Let's uh, take a sip, and then I'm going to read from the box. Sounds good. This smells amazing. It really does. I actually cheated, and I tried this from oh. the batch when I first bought it. Uh, and I was like, yep, yeah, we're doing this for the show because it's so fucking delicious. So, fun fact, better than their bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the state of Kentucky? Uh, no, like this place. Them's fighting words. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. It, it smells delicious. It looks gorgeous. Yeah, it's, um, it's very nice. Uh, it's so good. Their, their beer's pretty on point. I feel like I've enjoyed most of them. I know Dominic likes them a lot. I know he brought one for the pumpkin the beer pumpkin taste. One. Yeah, for sure. That was good. Uh, they have a couple. They, they, have, um, they have one. Oh, the Kentucky Cream. I think they have like one that's just like not the coffee one. Yeah. And then they have like yeah, they're, they're cream versions of those extra. It's really I, I I do like their beer a lot. It's, it's I, I, I saw this on the rack in the store. I think me and friend of the show Alex, friend of Gary as well, Alex. He's um, an okay how, guy. It's how we know Gary. <laughs> what uh, if you just like whoa whoa <laughs> <laughs> whoa whoa? Friend is a strong word. Well, that's the only reason I know Gary. So it seems like it's safe to say <laughs> friends with both of us. Fair um, yeah, so we were uh, having a little football Sunday, and um, I saw this in the store by his house, and I was like, well, Kentucky makes pretty good beer. The, this, like Lexington, where is Lexington Brewery, I think, right? Um, the Lexington Company Brewing and Distilling. Um, their beers are really good. I know Dominic really likes them. And Coffee Barrel Cream Ale sounded ridiculous. So I was like, oh, let me try this out. And I remember cracking it open much the same way you did, and I was like, oh, oh, that's... I didn't know what to expect, but yeah. that's pretty damn good. It's and in I your just, face. It smells like one thing and tastes like something completely different, and both things are great. Right. <laughs> because it just smells like pure coffee. Lovely. The uh, Also, very, very pretty bottle art. I'm a fan of that. Hmm. Yes. Beautiful etchings uh, on the bottom. But let me read you a little bit more about this beer. The Kentucky Coffee Barrel Cream Ale. The brewers at Lexington Brewing Company took a traditional cold-conditioned cream ale brewed with flaked corn, and added our own Haitian coffee to the mix. After resting in fresh bourbon barrels for some of Kentucky's, from some of Kentucky's premier distillers, Kentucky Coffee Barrel Cream Ale comes a sessional, sessionable beer packed with flavor. 
Big, bold notes of coffee on the nose and palate give way to a smooth finish of bourbon grains and oak. Subtle notes of vanilla and caramel complement this beer from time spent in the barrel. So the nice thing about this beer is every one of those things I smell or taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I don't, and I'm like, huh, this feels like I'm missing something here. <laughs> Pairing suggest- just throwing words around. Right, yeah. Pairing suggestions, and I do so love when beers offer yeah. pairing suggestions. We've only got about four or five of those on the show so far. Pairs well with sweet foods like chocolate cake or sweet cinnamon dishes, citrus fruit glazes on pork or fish, and anything with bacon. Anything with bacon. When we open our brewery, I think that we should put pairing suggestions on the beer, but something ridiculous, like not real ones, like horse or something of the way. (laughs) (laughs) Pairs best with Gary. (laughs) You know, like just any, just, and and really just like catch a Gary in the wild. (laughs) Uh, I taste good on my own, baby. Uh, I thought you were going to say that I'm steeped in so many beers myself, you don't need a beer paired <laughs> with me. That's exactly what I meant. <laughs> oh, my God. That's Sorry, awesome. I didn't mean to steal your thunder. Uh, what are you basically, thinking? I'm a living, breathing rum ham. Rum ham! <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary, what are you drinking? So, I've got a little bit of the Troganator from Trogues Brewery. Delightful uh, I'm always. pretty sure they're from Connecticut. Exactly in Pennsylvania. Oh, they're in, okay. <laughs> well, that saves me a lot of time. Um, Amazing. <laughs> I like when, um, you know, an American brewery will take on a European style, like a Doppelbach or a Double or a Triple even. Uh, I think those are just good styles of beer, and when you go into most liquor stores, you know, it's just all IPAs and stouts pretty much, and then Miller Lite, Pilsners, and whatnot. Uh, So I'm just happy that, you know, I can get European styles year-round. You know, even if you don't like a Pilsner or a lager, you like something a little darker, but without going all the way to a stout or anything like that, um, Oma Gang has lots of doubles and triples. So does Allagash does a triple as well. So yeah, this is a fine beer, good style, eight percent. Sign me up. Now yes. I have a question for you. Now every time that you talk about something being made in America, do you automatically go into that impression of Sam Elliott? Yeah. <laughs> and did you hear that? Really? <laughs> yeah, that was actually pretty great. Right? What, oh, there's the like rocket. It. Yeah, well, I thought you were doing like the, the course course. You're like, well, I like it in American made European styles. And I was like, where did that come from? What kind uh, of Richard Willis impression? That man can slow down and lower his tone so much that I think he can just stop his heart if he wants to. Oh, nice. He's got that. Uh, didn't James Bond do that? James Bond did that in the beginning of A Die Another Day, right? Yes. He didn't he like his heart. fake his own death by stopping his own start and then restarting it again? <laughs> <laughs> uh, shall we get into some news and nuggets uh yeah we got a lot of them which is why of, i have yeah. i have a second beer keyed up for the uh the uh, movie portion because the news notes and nuggets is going to be an experience <laughs> nice uh i'm gonna start off with some crappy stuff right here okay um uh, well really what's just one crappy thing uh you know there's a grudge movie coming out called the grudge it's already out. Is it out? Okay. So yeah. Yeah. It is already out. Okay. I went through the same experience as you. I saw the trailer on TV and I was like, oh, when does that... Oh, it's out yesterday? What? I, <laughs> I was reading about this and the I, I wrote down my own 
explanation of it uh just so that i could because i needed to understand i didn't understand what was going on so the grudge is a sequel to the remake taking place during and after the 2004 remake and has the same name because why not why even try the sequel to halloween is halloween baby That's, yes they did it <laughs> that wasn't good either <laughs> so, <laughs> See, the, 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 thing, the thing is i never saw it but i feel like and maybe gary could correct me because i know horror movies is his thing wasn't the original remake of The Grudge with Sarah Michelle Gellar reviewed pretty well? Generally speaking, yeah. I mean, people liked it, sold enough for the time. and That's what I'm saying. Like, it was considered never, a I mean, fairly decent like horror movie. Yeah, I mean, there were a bunch of sequels, I think, like a two and a three at least, but those never did anything. So uh, just the original... Japanese version and then the Sarah Michelle Geller version and somehow here we are. But, but give me like a was colon and a subtitle so, or like a one point five. I'll even take like a Lion King two and a half type thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like just anything <laughs> yeah. to differentiate the two. I just realized that I really wish that Sarah Michelle Geller had added Prince to her name too, so it was Sarah Michelle Geller Prince, because that would be so <laughs> annoying to say. <laughs> <laughs> Four names. Uh, that's that's one horror movie. That's one horror movie. The other one, I'm actually, it's not a horror thriller. I'm more excited about Quiet Place Part Two. Trailer has dropped. No, you know, just that first one was uh, tremendous in my opinion. Was yeah, it? Yeah, I had a bad experience. Yeah, you did have a bad experience. So Al, here's the thing: we are going to do this movie at some point. I know. Uh, you are going to have to actually watch it with subtitles, though. You're going to have to understand what's happening. Because that was really a drag or, when you didn't. Yeah, I don't know. It did make it did make for an interesting experience going into the episode, being like, "I'm so frustrated." I did feel like it forced me to watch it in a certain way because I was trying to figure out what was going on. It was like watching a foreign language film on mute without subtitles, um, which you know focuses in on what's actually going on. To a certain extent, despite knowing nothing about what's going going on. on. (laughs) It's not a super complicated movie, right? Be quiet or die. Um, (laughs) And also one of them is deaf and one of them is pregnant. So, you know, um, it is what it is. Um, It did also mean that I was so frustrated that, again, I laughed when, uh, spoiler alert, um, Jim from The Office screams ridiculously and gets immediately (laughs) murdered. Uh, (laughs) uh, I will probably watch the second one. I'm not going to be happy about it, but I know you and, and Damien really liked it, and we'll probably have to have Damien on for Absolutely. that one. Absolutely. That'll be his, his return episode, I guess. I think so. Was that... He's only on one, right? I think it's the only one he's done, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we'll have to get him on again. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm excited for that. I think... I, also, it's got, you know, Killian Murphy doing Killian Murphy things, and I like it. <laughs> so. <laughs> I didn't even know he was in it. I didn't get to the trailer. I just completely forgot. He's quiet or creepy in everything he's in, sometimes both, and true. I'm excited for it. <laughs> yeah, but, like, he's also sometimes Irish, and sometimes he wears a scarecrow mask. Sometimes he's just shivering. Sometimes he's got a great mustache in a 70s movie. Mm. <laughs> so versed. <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's, that's it for horror movie news. That's all I had. Um oh. I have some new stuff announced or on the horizon, so we can bang through those real quick. Let's do it. Uh, Knives Even Further Out is going to be coming out at some point. It's been officially uh, greenlit, I think, right? I know Ryan Johnson said he's working on it. He uh, wants to have the sequel in production within the next year, and Daniel Craig wants to be back in. That's which, all. It's nice to hear Daniel Craig actually actively excited for a role, mm-hmm. because I feel like 
uh, Spectre almost killed his soul. Yeah. And I was afraid he was never going to want to be in anything. Like, I, I assumed he would continue working, you know, maybe less, but I assumed he would continue working. But I just, I was afraid the light died um, inside of him. He he talked a little bit about it on the red carpet for the Golden Globes. And he was just like, when you see a script like this, he's like, you take it. Like, he's like, it's perfect. And I was like, good man. <laughs> I'm glad that he's actually actively excited for that role because I know that he'll bring his A game again. Right. And uh, he looked like he had fun with it last time. Don't so. you just want to be having as much fun as he was having playing that character? Like, all yeah. the time? <laughs> <laughs> that movie was yeah, fantastic. Yeah, did you see Knives Out? I did. I loved it. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, it's different. I guess it would be more of an anthology, so it would be a different case. But it's still taking his character. Yeah, I then, hope they don't necessarily... Making a mystery. Yeah, I hope they do it like... Um, What's it called? Like similar to like, because like we said, it's similar to more murder on the Orient Express to a certain extent. I hope they do it as you know a series of different adventures. They don't need to bring any yeah. of the rest, even though the rest right. of the great. I mean, I don't need, need like Keith Stanfield standing around doing nothing for two hours, which is interesting because we just watched a movie where he does a lot of stuff in two hours. So I thought it was kind of a waste of Keith Stanfield in terms of bringing back anybody else but obviously that story has been told yeah and, i agree yeah i mean i liked the detective from the film i like daniel craig i think it's fun uh he did another southern accent in the uh what's the channel tatum movie yes and that was another time where he had fun after <laughs> so well that's what i mean yeah. he just wants to do funny southern accents for now on. <laughs> great <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen Logan Lucky. I still want that's still on my list though. Oh, I thought you did see it. I no, know we both we wanted to do it when it came out, and neither of us got to it at the time. But I thought you saw it a few months later. No, I didn't get to. Uh, um, okay, so moving on from knives even further out, which is what I'm going to submit to Ryan Johnson. Uh, he seems pretty active in responding to people on Twitter, so I'm going to submit that and hope he takes it. Knives in. Um, no, knives <laughs> in works too. Um, but I like knives even further out. Yep. Um, <laughs> knives outer. <laughs> knives outer. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so New Mutants, no, seriously, New, new yeah. Mutants, um, is, like coming out. Yeah, that's right. I forgot that you said you had some interest in that. I heard they dropped a new trailer, but I heard that it was basically the same trailer we've already seen. Pretty much. It's <laughs> been pieces of, um, a little bit more jump scares in this one, but you know, it's the rest of Fox's vision, and I'm ready to give them, uh, a couple more bucks for one more movie. And, <laughs> Well, I am am curious by that because Fox itself didn't seem like it really liked it. And then obviously with its sale to Disney, it seemed like it was finally going to be dead forever. Um, So the fact that Disney gave it its blessing is interesting to me. Um, Not to say that that makes it automatically good because it very much might not be. Um, But I'm curious to see that I just assumed this was a movie movie we would never see. Um, Despite the fact that it was basically done, they did a whole shoot and then they did a whole lot of reshoots. So, like, they have more than enough footage to actually physically put the movie out. They really did. It was done. The Disney is printing money at this point. So I always believed it was going to come out in some fashion, whether it be Hulu or Disney Plus or whatever. I'm glad it's getting a theatrical release. And, you know, if we're going to put our tinfoil hats on, which I think we all should right now, you know, this movie and Dark Phoenix not doing well only benefits Disney going forward anyway. So it really doesn't matter. And I think it even goes further to Dark Phoenix, 
Dark Phoenix being pushed back from its original date. Um, it was going to come out before Captain Marvel. It wound up coming out after Captain Marvel, and the ending was changed. So all it was taken, taken what was given to me. You know, I think there was something to the negotiation at the time, and you can disagree with me. You, you know, just say I'm crazy, but I definitely think Disney had these movies pushed back from the Fox slate on purpose. And, you know, it's this is after the merger anyway, so Disney will just get in whatever profits for free, pretty much, because they didn't pay for the movie, so. Hmm. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, anything else on that before I move on to the next bit? Uh, good to see Stranger Things and Game of Thrones coming together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, What's it, William or Billy? Uh, what's his, um, the older brother of Will Byers? So it's, um, you guys don't do the stranger. No, oh, I do. Um, I was like, Anthony, okay. I don't. Billy was the, was the creep show, wasn't he? Yes, yes, you're right. So uh, it's um, not, just the older brother. I think yeah, he's yeah. a good why actor. Can, why can't I remember his name, though? <laughs> there's like, I don't know, there's um, not a ton of characters. Uh, <laughs> Because I, I think I it was you. like a double name sort of deal where he's William Jonathan or something. Jonathan. Ah, there we go. There's the guy. Yeah, I like him. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't really care about this movie, but I'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That's uh, probably all we need to know about that topic for now. Um, now on to some casting news. Um Thor is trying to cast Christian Bale mm-hmm. for Thor Love and Thunder, um, which I think is interesting. I didn't really see Christian Bale going back to superhero movies so soon or ever, really. So I find this to be interesting. Your guys' thoughts? It, it doesn't... I don't really... I don't really I, I care. Uh, <laughs> is he going to be a bad guy? What's he going to... I don't really... It, it doesn't mean anything to me that they're approach, like trying to get him in the movie. Oh, I mean, I well, I guess I assumed you would have some level of excitement. You like Taika Waititi, you like Thor, and you like oh, Christian yeah. Bale. No, no, so no, that's I. Yeah, I'm I'm lukewarm on Christian Bale. He's fine. He's good in a lot of things, and he's just okay as Christian Bale and everything else. And I, yeah, put him in. I just I don't need to know anything about this movie. You already have my money. <laughs> just okay. <laughs> yeah. oh, I mean, I know you love. Dark Knight and that whole trilogy. Yeah. I know you love The Prestige, uh, so Absolutely. I assume that you had some sort of love. This is more of a Christian Nolan Bale, love so. than a Christian Bale love, but... Well, I'm just saying it's yeah. a lot of Christian Bale on screen, and you love the movies, so I assume that meant I, you had some at least like for him, you know? I do love, I do love Taika, so whatever he yeah. wants to do, he can do. <laughs> so the only bit of news I have on this for the moment is with Waititi citing the comic The Mighty Thor as inspiration for his next Thor movie... It could be that Bale will be playing a villain from that series, like such as the evil businessman Dario Agar, who transformed into a powerful minotaur. Okay. Um, the Mighty Thor is part of a larger Thor saga where Gore, the God Butcher, is the overarching villain. So the char- that character is also a possibility. I just I want that clip of you saying a mighty minotaur, and then Gary going, oh, "Okay, like just, just out of context." <laughs> it's perfect. So you're going to need to clip. You're going to need to clip that three seconds, and that will be our preview in the tweet. <laughs> Good. Just a live looking in the Marvel Studios boardroom. 
Oh, all right. <laughs> Minotaur. Now I get it. <laughs> uh, on the heroic side of things, Bell wouldn't be a bad fit for the fan favorite hammer wielder, Beta Ray Bill. Or yes. The brave Thor's half brother. Give him a horse face. <laughs> <laughs> I'd sign up. I don't know. I mean, Christian Bale's great. This is great. This is. This seems to be the most experimental Marvel project so far, considering they're already getting Natalie Portman back to play uh, the Jane Foster version of Thor in some capacity, mm-hmm. or at least that's the idea. That's what they came out on stage and said they were going to do. <laughs> um, it's a little weird so, that they just I came mean, right out and said that, right? Wouldn't you feel like you would want to hold on to that mystery for a while? Um, you know, I'm, we've seen him. We've seen it. We've done Fat Thor at this point. So we've gone through all the versions of Thor. I think the most uninteresting part of the first, or most of the Thor movies probably was Thor up until Ragnarok. Yeah. Uh, one and two are more of the lore, and... Three is the uh, Thor. Yeah, just Loki <laughs> doing scenery, and they got <laughs> somehow. I think um, they should bring Hayden Christensen in for a small cameo where he gets clopped with the hammer. Thank you. <laughs> um, no, I'm just I'm saying I was surprised when they came out on stage to announce the movie, and then I was surprised that they came out and announced that Natalie Portman was back. And then I was even more surprised that they came right out and said, yeah, she's going to be Thor now. I was like, mm. save that for the first trailer, maybe? Like, <laughs> oh, shit, that's where you're going with this? Like, I was just surprised they spoiled the surprise that early. Is really yeah. what it's going for. I still think it's going to be a wow moment, like at the end of the trailer or whatever, when she puts her hands up and then the hammer just flies into frame, especially after Endgame, where we establish that more people can wield the hammer and stuff like that. All I'm going to say um, is... You remember when Captain America Winter Soldier was coming out and they put the trailer and he catches the shield? Yeah. They didn't tell you that when they announced the the movie. This is what I'm saying. (laughs) Why would you spoil that in the announcement of the movie? Just wait till the trailer and then you have that oh shit moment and it's like, oh shit. (laughs) You're probably right. Just at this point, I mean, with... That's all I was going for. It doesn't have to be anything deeper than that. I was just just surprised they came right out and said it's like, oh, like... (laughs) Like, maybe you want to tease like, it before the movie comes out, but, like, fuck. Like, give that to me in a trailer, and I'm going to be like, oh, shit, I'm going to forget about that for two years. Just seems like everything's out of the bag at this point after Endgame. So, I mean, all bets are off, and it really doesn't matter. They have all of our money. We all went to see Far From Home, didn't we? So, <laughs> you know, either way, I get what you're coming from, but... It's not a big thing. Yeah, like, I'm not mad. I mean, I'm, just, I'm just surprised. Um, yeah, I think it's just Taika being Taika, honestly. Yeah. Um, I have some news for Anthony that uh, he may have already seen, but I know he's going to love. Uh, and that's that Hans Zimmer is going to be scoring the new Bond movie. Boom. Oh, snap. Okay, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I meant to text you that earlier today. That excites like, you me. I'm going to hope he didn't see it, and I'm going to unveil it on the show, and I know he's going to love it. Oh, uh, it's so good. Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm so excited! I just that all that means is that I have another album to get me through like a month of work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I just listen to Hans Zimmer so sometimes while I work and just get like go into like a really dark place. That's what... <laughs> <laughs> is it the dark ominous tones? Yeah, bong. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's an interesting um, two two things. One, it's interesting that they that they um, 
chose to go with Zimmer too. It's interesting that they're doing it so late in the process because apparently he's going to have to scramble. They're a little worried he's not going to finish. Oh, he's always got stuff ready to go. Well, in the news story that I can't find right now and don't <laughs> care to look for, they mentioned two other people who are frequent collaborators of him that they need to like bring on probably to help him get through all the work in time for it to you know, be ready considering they already gave us a trailer and the movie comes out in a few months. That's a very valid reason, but I mean, you know, the score is the last thing you have to throw in. Even a lot of the time, he can say no if he can't do it. <laughs> to the no, I know. I'm just that he gets to see the footage beforehand, then yeah. he can just be like, oh, "Okay, James Bond is sweaty and he's holding a gun and." Bring up the strings, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I still can't get over the fact that Zimmer is not doing Tenet. Mm. Yeah, it yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. He's done every other Nolan movie. Yeah. Well, he maybe just wanted to try something different. He's changing it up. Like John Williams not doing Star Wars with like Lucas. The, it's like oh. a. It, it sounds like it's funny though because the the music so far at least sounds like a sounds like funky Hans Zimmer. So that's why I'm I mean, did he did he literally do every Nolan move like even Memento or I, I mean after so. the fact? Okay, all right. I I don't know. Um, I I could be wrong, but I thought so. Yeah. No, this is a verifiable fact, and we're a movie podcast, and I feel embarrassed. Um. <laughs> I get it, Gary. I'm playing fast and loose with facts here, and you don't like it. Just say it to my face. Uh, if you just verbatim repeated, you're playing fast and loose with the facts, and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, I have a quick thing to jump in with here. I came okay. across this tweet from Anders Home. Is there another I'll be back type of catchphrase that crosses movies and follows actors? Follows an actor. One actor. Um, yeah, can you come up with any of those? Um, guns yes. is the is the last one that came to mind. Lots of guns. <laughs> um, yes, and only because I was listening to Cinephobe the other day with Fred Claus, and there was a line that that Vince Vaughn said, and I don't remember the line now, but it's another line that he said in oh, it's people helping people. I think was what it was. <laughs> people and it was the lo- the scene where he's the scene Holy where he's getting intense. jerked off under the table, and <laughs> yep. then the scene where he says it too during Fred Claus, and I know that because. I was listening to the episode like two nights ago. Um, even though I've never seen Fred Claus, I just listened to the episode because that's quickly becoming one of my favorite podcasts because it's hysterical. Um, I don't know. I know. Did you get to listen to any of Rule of Two yet? I just listened to the Freddie Prince episode. Okay, so that's part of it's like half now of the sh- the cinephobe like under the cinephobe show. The the principle of it is they take a movie that's either horribly reviewed on Rotten Tomatoes um, or they take a movie that one of them liked from the past, but they're not sure if it holds up. And after all three of them have to sit down and and watch it, they talk about the movie. And at the end, they say file or phobe. Is it a movie they like when we watch again or a movie that they hate and never want to talk about again. Um, And they did Fred Claus this week. And someone said, yeah, it was weird that like Vince Vaughn had the exact same line. I think it was people helping people was the line for both movies. Nice. Otherwise, I would have had zero percent chance of answering that question in the affirmative. <laughs> a couple of the ones that people like wrote in with were um, just was "Wow" from Owen Wilson. I feel like that's a bit of a compliment. oh, that's yeah, that's, um, that's just him being work. him. Um, that's like the editor not doing their job. I feel like Paulie Shore's "Buddy" is a little bit better than the "Wow." I don't because. like a one-word answer being. No, that, uh, I think 
um, that's part of Polish Shore. I get he says that in every movie. Yeah, I get that. We got a uh, uh, a Yippie Kaye has crossed borders at some point. Um, well, that <laughs> <laughs> I'm too old for this shit. Isn't, also. isn't that just Expendables? <laughs> <laughs> Like that doesn't count. I don't know. This is a tough question. Um, oh yeah, really Crystal there would be more cool ones. Rob Schneider, you can do it. Okay. That's I guess. The thing is, he's still playing the same character. It's like somehow a weird, like Happy Madison, like interconnected, like expanded universe. That's. <laughs> it's just weird because like the Terminator movies are almost reverse engineered where they can just be like and then here's when Arnold says the thing and that's like the premise of the movie Alrighty um, then has crossed a yeah. few movies what's that? Alrighty then yes oh. uh, must go faster Jeff Goldblum what else did he say that uh, Jurassic Park and Independence Day okay oh, I don't remember that uh, that's all I got for now but I just thought, oh, all right, all right, all right. That one is, you know, McConaughey. Um, could be. It's on the fence. It's <laughs> it, it just seems to be him being him. No, but you know what? That's different than wow or buddy because it's one word. But the fact that you're repeating it three times is a specific thing. The uh, If you've ever gotten, ha- have you seen the Owen Wilson wow supercuts? Yes. Yeah. Tremendous. <laughs> I was just talking about that YouTube's the other day. Finest. <laughs> uh, my, my my sister was talking about that the other day. She was playing some sort of like drinking like card game, and like in in it like when you draw like the card. I don't even. She didn't even remember the name of the game. Like you either have to do like an impression or like it'll ask you like something and like anyone. It's like the whole thing is like if anyone knows the answer, they do, they have to do it, and then everyone else drinks or whatever. And one of them was. Something along, something about like saying "Wow," like Owen Wilson or something like that, and, and everyone was like, "What does that mean?" And my sister was the only one who was like, "You, you guys don't, you guys don't know about the Owen Wilson Wow." And they're like, "Wow, no." And she's wow. like, "I think she even showed them the the Phantom Menace thing where they replaced all the lightsabers oh, with yes. the solid <laughs> I was gold." Like, I was like, "I'm so proud of you that I'm so glad I showed that to you. You remembered it and actually like pulled that out. Like that's a great reference." Like. In like a group setting, if no one's seen it before, that was my favorite Phantom Menace spoof video until I saw someone put words to do all the fates that were not the words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a really good one. You know what I saw the other day, and I, I meant to send to you and Brian. Um, someone dubbed over "I Need a Hero" to all of the fight sequences at the end for um, for Ben Solo um, on Exegol, <laughs> um, and they synced it up really, really well. It, it came out really well. Nice, nice. I saw something similar for the end game finale. Nice. That was pretty good. Pretty good. What else you got? Um, my final bit of like casting news slash new stuff announcements is some stuff um, since we've been tracking it every few months on the Lord of the Rings TV show. Hmm. Um, so apparently it seems like Will Poulter has pulled out of the lead role and has been replaced with Robert Aramayo. And no, you shouldn't know that name, but you will know who I'm talking about. He played young Ned Stark in Game of Thrones when they yes. did the flashback to the Tower of Joy. Okay. So he has been tapped for the lead. Uh, he replaces Will Poulter, who had been in negotiations um, to the young hero role known as Beldor. Sorry, this is all on deadline um, from earlier today. Uh, um, they moved ahead with an easy, with an early season two renewal, even the fact that they're still in pre-production. They were, but it makes sense because they paid like a billion dollars for the rights or something like that. Um, 
the series will be going on to a four or five month hiatus after filming the first two episodes to map out and write the bulk of the scripts for season two, which I think we talked about uh, the last time we talked about this. Uh, the show's cast, which has yet to be confirmed by Amazon, is believed to include Emma Horvath, Markella Cavanaugh, who we've mentioned before on the show, uh, Joseph Maul, who we've also mentioned. Uh, he was also in Game of Thrones. He played Benjamin Stark and Morphid Clark. Um, and I'm assuming I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm probably not. Um, I believe she is playing a young version of Galadriel. You know me with the name, so I'm not, I'm just gonna nod and smile. The Kate Blanchett, <laughs> the, the Kate Blanchett role ah, from okay. All of the Oh, that one. So I, I do I, love I, when we talk about movies and we say the actors' names rather than the character names. It just it really mixes real life and. <laughs> I know it drives me insane though because I feel like we're tw- talking about twice as many people as we're actually in the movie because you use mostly the actors' names and I try to remember the characters' names though I often felt that. Um, so I usually try and like say it enough times so that you'll pick it up without me I, having to be like, hey, Anthony, the person's name. <laughs> I like when you indulge me and you just give me the character name from a different movie. And then I'm like, oh, that guy. <laughs> yeah, I play that game with my mom all the time because she knows like literally 1% of the actors and actresses' names of things that she's seen. So I just have to play that game of, well, what were they in? Um, mm-hmm. And do it like 18 times until it finally clicks for her. Yep. So I'm already used to it. I'm, I'm a veteran at that game. Appreciate it. You guys uh, remember yeah. when Gladriel had scary pointy teeth like Evil Ray for probably just as, the same amount of time? <laughs> <laughs> this is just for the trailer. <laughs> yes, yes. Instead of a dark a dark lord, you'll have a queen. Um, beautiful <laughs> and terrible as the earth or something. Yeah, that's like the same thing. Kind of. Uh, anyway, yeah, awesome. uh, I know we periodically, like every few months, check in with the show, and um, I still don't know when the hell it's ever going to come out. Um, but I, um, I thought that was interesting, especially once I, I didn't even know recognize the name when I saw it, but I saw the picture and I was like, this guy looks familiar. And then I saw him, and they said it, and I was like, oh yeah, with long hair, I would totally have gotten that. But he has like super short hair in this picture. So anyway, fun Lord of the Rings show um, update. Uh, we'll check You're in so again in like three months. That show, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for you. Yeah, I am. Well, I just want to, like, I really just want to wait for, like, three years when they finally give us the first trailer um, so that I can be actually excited. Right. Well, that's, like, the piece they're working at right now, so. (laughs) Does anyone else have any more news, or can we get into the nuggets and notes? Let's do some nuggets. Yeah. Okay. Um, Anthony, do you want to take the reins? Um, sure. Sorry, I stole your job for a I had most That's of the news. <laughs> uh, I think Gary has the reins. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, we all know podcasting is a visual medium. We- so. <laughs> Wait, did you literally take the reins? He absolutely did. <laughs> so uh, I, you know, I, I have you guys like minimized, so it's only the thumbnail, so it's only whoever is talking that shows up. So since Gary it. wasn't talking, he was doing his best Greg ah. Cody. the visual without saying anything, so I had no idea what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> so 2019 has come to a close, and uh, Al had reached out to us and thought it might be fun to go over our best movie and best show of the year. And before we do that, because I don't know how many video games Gary plays, mm. me, Anthony, and Brian on the SpinTune.com did a Game of the Year article as well which we will not be talking about, but you can go check out and read if you'd like to. <laughs> Continue. <laughs> uh, so that being said, I think it's it's worth... Uh, we could start off with movies, because, um, you know, <laughs> the show. And uh, I, I think the, the way... That I just wrote down a few that I think are 
top tier movies for the year that I'm super excited about, super happy with. They're like my number ones <laughs> because I, I can't pick one. Okay. Um, and I don't know how you guys feel about it. I don't know if you even care if you have to have a, like a number one. Is it that important or is like a top three a nice place? Well, as you'll, as you'll find out later, as we were discussing pre-show, um, I said that I kind of did that with my rankings of Star Wars movies. Cool. So I'm okay with that format. I think each of us should do the format that we came into it with it doesn't have to be a, well, okay how many do you have Should I um for me i have one that i selected as the movie of the year and one honorable mention that i just want to mention okay and uh, gary how many do you have i've got three okay all right so uh we're gonna i'm just gonna bounce around gary give me one once upon a time in hollywood baby oh just tremendous just shoot this right into my veins i loved it so much <laughs> Just Brad and Leo being besties for yeah. an hour and a half. Um, it, it was you tremendous. Know, you know, probably the most daring and experimental Tarantino in a long time. I mean, all of the violence is pretty much at the, at the top where it's Leo with the flamethrower and then at the back end. And I mean, the back end violence is probably not even my favorite part of the movie like i just love the trip nice i just wanted to hang out fine just yeah, stop I... back in violence <laughs> <laughs> not that kind of pot right. um <laughs> so i mean i just wanted to hang out with leo and brad you know as long as the movie would let me <laughs> and it was just a fun trip yeah. That did seem like kind of a chill hang. And and luckily, we got a decent amount of time with it. Um, I'm not one to complain about the length of movies except for The Irishman, but that yeah. was that was good. I, I enjoyed that I had a lot going. And honestly, when that movie ended, I was like, it's over? I And then I went outside, and it was no longer... The sun wasn't there. And I was like, yeah. oh, things have happened. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, he... Brad Pitt won supporting actor for that, and I think that was well-deserved uh, as far as the Golden Globes go. And Once Upon a Time in Hollywood won Best Musical or Comedy Motion Picture. Quentin Tarantino also won for writing, but should probably have that taken away just because of his acceptance speech. Come on. <laughs> I, I didn't see his speech. It um, was it Calling was that a trash. musical or comedy is a little odd. Uh, That's how the Golden Globes yeah, work. It's, it's weird. Mean. Comedy is, you know, in the I guess in the tragic sense. And, uh, are we going to do comedy in like the old ancient Greek sense where like anything that wasn't everyone died is a comedy? Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, this <laughs> that's is the how opposite. they do it. No, everybody lived. So. They, I feel like it was well, like a everybody. way for them to be like, we want to nominate some of these movies that like would just never get it. <laughs> and <laughs> so they made that category. <laughs> oh, that was adorable. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, I agree with you. That was a, that movie. I, I really enjoyed that. Uh, I'm going to throw one out there. Uh, potentially my number one it's it's very tied with another one but knives out obviously we talked about it a little bit earlier it's very tied <laughs> it's very tied but knives out was uh, was some of the most fun that i had at the movies this year uh agreed because that's my honorable mention um i love that movie we talked about that slightly earlier in the episode um i love that movie so very much uh it was a good time yeah uh okay so what is your my movie of the year <laughs> What? So what is your non-honorable mention? Yeah, uh, my, my dishonorable mention for movie of the year is uh, <laughs> uh, is Dr. Sleep, actually. Oh, okay. It's a good um, I, a good I, If you recall, when we did that episode, I said this may be the movie of the year. Um, and so it was for me. 
Uh, I love the hell out of that movie. I thought the performances were tremendous from the like three main leads um, between you and McGregor, uh, Rebecca Ferguson, and I don't remember the name of the girl, but her too. Uh, <laughs> and um, I thought that it was an incredible story. I thought that the way it was, the narrative unfolded for us um, was really great. Uh, I thought Rebecca Ferguson was an incredibly compelling villain. Um and I thought it was shot beautifully as well. The yeah. way that they re- they rehashed and remixed some of the things at the Overlook at the end was really great. Some of the big set pieces were incredible. Um, not getting a great explanation, but also getting kind of an explanation for some of the magic stuff, making it very mysterious, was cool too. So, um, yeah, all around. I was so pleasantly surprised with that movie. I know. I you really enjoyed it. were really not looking forward to it no. because you didn't love The Shining. Um, and I'm glad that you, you liked like it. The Shining? No, uh, I don't, and I'm not going to pretend to. Uh, <laughs> I think The Shining is a movie that people really enjoyed at the time, and, and you might like it now, and that's fine, too, if, <laughs> if it's the first time. But I don't think there's a lot of people that saw it, like, really saw it for the first time this late in their life, like me. Okay. In, in 2019, because I did watch it right before. Oh, uh, okay. I saw it when I was, like, 11. Yeah. That's <laughs> a much scarier movie. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I get that. I think, and I, I do. I, I get it. I understand why it's like it's so loved, and I do think that for the time, fantastic. Not for the first time now. Okay, I mean, it's much scarier than like the original Halloween. I don't. I mean, for its I also watched that for the first time this year, and I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 um, it's funny, yeah. I I I liked The Shining. I liked it. It was good. It wasn't like I guess what Anthony was saying. You know, it doesn't really hold up for being the masterpiece. You know what I mean? When you watch it thirty years after its release, sure. Um, 40, 40 years after its release, I guess. Um, and that's um, that's fine. Um, I liked the movie. It was good. Not amazing, but good. Um, I, I also think that we uncovered quite the phenomenon. Um, just recording that episode uh, between me, Anthony, and my sister Gianna, because I had read the novel and they didn't, and the bits that I filled in for them seemed to make them actually appreciate it much more after the fact. Yep. Um, which actually probably is a negative right. to the movie itself, but also it, it's a really long novel to adapt into even a two and a half hour movie. Because well, that's the thing; it's all subtext. So if you don't like any of the subtext, or if you can't read anything any further into the movie, then sure, there's nothing to take away from it. It's yeah. just well, that's what it was. Is I explicated a lot of the subtext, and it seemed to um, refine their feelings on it in the process. So the stuff with like you know, I mean race issues and the Native American tribe and stuff like that, if you're not reading that in 2019, then you're not really taking the class issues. I yeah, mean, we, did, we, didn't get into, we didn't really get into the race stuff much um, in the show. Alcoholism, but that, that might the alcoholism, even be... definitely. <laughs> yeah, that might be better done in Doctor Sleep. Yeah. I don't know. It was really well done in that. Um, Doctor Sleep was tremendous. The, uh, also, the only other, the other problem with Doctor Sleep Go, going in was it was the trailer for that movie is abysmal it is not good it is the not first one. the first trailer even the second one i w- I, I wasn't sold you no, know but going you went in, for, i wasn't went, thrilled about it no i know but i remember us talking about the second trailer oh no sorry you saw the second 
trailer, not the first one. No, I saw both. Or something like that. I, well, I, but at the time when we talked about it, you didn't love whichever trailer you saw first. And then the second one, you're like, okay, I'm still not really in, yeah, but it I'm was, more it was in. Better, it wasn't. Yeah, it still wasn't good. <laughs> but yeah. the movie no, was. It very was not. Good. <laughs> it was. It was not marketed particularly <laughs> well. Um, it was a damn good movie, though. Yeah, so that it is was. My movie. I, I I agree. The movie was fantastic. I really did enjoy it. Uh, my next pick is going to be Motherless Brooklyn. It's a show movie we didn't do on this show um i do think it's worth you seeing and maybe us doing an episode on i just had a blast with it i thought it was a really well done movie um i thought ed norton was just incredible he's just he the way he plays that character is just he's so engaging and the way the movie is shot it feels very much like a it just feels like an old-timey movie plus a play the way that like the way it's blocked and the way that certain things go down and it's just it's just really fun and different for today because of how much like retro stuff it pulls on Okay. Yeah, I didn't get to it, but I do want to see it eventually. Seemed like a polarizing movie. I mean, there are people whose opinions that I trust that said they really liked it, but the general audience didn't like it. It didn't make any money. I do like Edward Norton a lot, so I think I'll get to it eventually. Was it widely released? Because I had a hard time finding a a showing for it. Uh, I don't think it was a limited release, but it was not like a full, full release, I don't mm. think. Like, I think it was only at the big theaters near me. I don't think it was at the, the ones that are closest to me. Gotcha. Might have died in the womb. What do you got, Gary? <laughs> What's on? <laughs> Sorry. My number two was Shazam. Mm. Oh, one of the best origin stories that I've seen in a long time. Fair. For about two hours, I felt like a kid again, just sitting in the movie theater. So, bring it all up. I think uh, Jaiman Huntsu does an amazing job as the wizard Shazam. I mean, it made me feel like I was there. Just the ambiance, uh, the gravitas of it all. Billy Batson. <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's going like 100%. But the kid is still like exactly how a kid would act today. Like, hey, guy, get away. What is this? What are you doing? So all of it get was very you, believable. Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> Place your hands on my shaft. No. Oh, my God. <laughs> that's, that's an actual line in the movie. <laughs> um, um, we, we definitely both liked it a lot. I know that our review of that was pretty favorable. Um, I got to watch like half an hour of it pretty recently, and I was like, oh, yeah, this was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, my last one on my list is Endgame. I don't think it goes without saying we were we oh uh, yeah we were very yeah, into that. You can go listen to our episode. Maybe I'll put the theme song at the beginning of this one just because I have it still. <laughs> I think we did a pretty. Good job. It was. Pretty I'm still good. disappointed we didn't get a chance to do the opening Star Wars. Yeah, before. I know that one's kind of a bummer. Uh, maybe maybe in ten years when it comes back. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, it was tough because you know we we were up to like three thirty recording 430. that night. Four thirty is when I went to sleep. It, uh, it, it went on quite a bit, uh, but no, I just I re- I rewatched Endgame probably. F- well, actually, if you include the times I saw it, in the th- I've probably seen the movie six or seven times now. And mm, really, I just uh, every time there's beats in that movie that really get me going. One time, okay, so uh, at my last job, 
I was I had, was sitting at, at my couch and I was on my laptop and I had it on in the background. And I wasn't even paying attention at all. And Spider-Man swings through the portal and I went... <laughs> And I was like, what, what, the, what was that? <laughs> why, why did I just have an emotional response? I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> but I just, I think they did a tremendous job with it. And it was just the, the culmination of all these years of building up towards it. It's just, they, they, they nailed it. I really enjoyed that movie so much. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I have yet to re-watch it. Um, is it on Disney Plus? Because if it is, I'm going to watch it. It is. All right, Karen, did you have any other, uh, did you have any other movies? Uh, well, just. To get back to Endgame, I mean, you're right. I, in the theater, it was just a lot to take in, and I wasn't crazy with all the time travel stuff because it's really hard to do a time travel movie. But mm. when I really sat down, had a couple beers, and like you said, Spider Man <laughs> was through the portal, I was just fucking crying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just, <laughs> just a mess. It was the mirrors. When or... you get on your left, it's just such a cheap shot. Too. That's another one. Uh, <laughs> I was like, ah. <laughs> oh yeah, I kind of forgot that that was a callback. I think Infinity War is still a better movie. Um, I would still rather watch that, given the choice between the two. But you're right, Endgame, very nice, and especially with Cap and um, Cap's wife dancing at the end. <laughs> Um, she has a name. Know, it's exactly. Name how, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, I get it. There's like a she had her. Oh, Carter, Agent Carter, yeah. Agent Carter. <laughs> uh, that's exactly how I thought in my mind the series should end. Just the two of them and him traveling back in time. Um, yeah, but my number three is us. Oh, okay. uh, one of the better films of the year, in my opinion. Just well made. Uh, Jordan Peele doing his thing. I like it better than Get Out oh, wow. in the terms of where it goes. Conceptually, it just feels like more of a movie. Like, you know, I mean, it just it's so sprawling. So you have the very beginning. They, they just almost feel like separate movies cut together, but it still works. So you have the girl going down and meeting her uh, tethered. And then you have the family vacation. And then you have the attack. And then you have the confrontation. And those are all just separate parts that make a whole to me. And Lupita Nyong'o is just going 100% in that. Can't and, she, was, she was great in that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, definitely something I want to rewatch again. And deserves to be in a top three. Nice. Interesting. I know that I think I liked it a bit more than you did, Anthony, but you yeah, liked so. it some, right? I enjoyed watching the movie. Uh, I know you said you weren't in a rush to see it again. Exactly. That's that's that was my takeaway. Um, um I now that we've had nearly a year since it's come out, I'm kind of intrigued to go back and see it again. I think it just went on HBO or something, so yeah. um I'm probably gonna check it out soon ish again. Um, I liked it. I just found that it wasn't as coherent and cohesive as Get Out was. I think that was a cleaner, tighter production. Yeah. Um, this took an even bigger swing somehow, and I think it just, you know, it, not that it whiffed, but it just didn't get the same solid contact. Uh, Tim Heidecker's so good, though. He was really good in his, uh, uh, his uh, <laughs> such a douchebag. <laughs> oh my god! 
with the Beatles music cue and they just all die. I mean, that was probably the best moment in the theater, barring the end game big reveal, I would say, when it's the four of them slightly out of frame and then they all just <laughs> very quickly get stabbed in the neck. Oh, yeah, yeah it was a, definitely a big oh shit moment. <laughs> the camera outside the house with all the glass. Yes. Yeah, yes. That beautiful, beautifully shot. And oh so abrupt. <laughs> so scary. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a shocking, that's shocking a great scene. scene. It's it's awesome. Yeah, like uh, that, that that's what I meant by I enjoyed my time with it. I actually I, I had fun watching the movie. By the end of it though, I was just a little bit meh about like how it all kind of ties together. Um but I I respect the choice. Um that's movies. Shall we move on to TV shows? <laughs> sure. All right. 2019's our best. Tw- what? 2019 our best TV shows. <laughs> uh, Al, let's start with you. Oh, uh, damn. That's unfortunate because I didn't actually put. Gary, let's start with you. Oh. <laughs> uh, so this is really hard. One and two. One and two is really hard for me, but I think I'm going to go watch Ben uh, every week for an hour. Just captivated the mind they didn't try too hard they didn't stretch it out i mean even the creator is just saying it's this one season so uh yeah i mean as a highlight the first episode i would say the fourth episode where it's a big flashback don't want to get too far into spoilers but i mean compared to some of the other you know, superhero television shows, especially the CD, CW or anything else that you're watching, I don't see how Watchmen wouldn't be a better version of whatever it is that, you know, the superhero shows that other people are watching nowadays. Sure. Not so having I, finished Watchmen, I'm sure you're right. Uh, and as a, a unapologetic love for those CW shows. Oh, no. <laughs> wait, 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 hang on. Hang on. I know they're terrible. Is that okay? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> All right. No, it's guilty, like my soap opera. pleasures are fine as long as you know they're bad. No, no, I feel like they're my stories, you know? Yeah. <laughs> really... That's fine. <laughs> no, I have no problem with people enjoying guilty pleasure stuff as long as you can admit that it's bad and it's a guilty pleasure. At you know least what I mean? four like, times an episode I go, ha ha, so bad. <laughs> and, yeah. and I mean it and I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When we were, we were talking about this off air, you know, um, the, most of the prequels, especially episode one and two, are bad, objectively bad. I still enjoy watching them. I know they're bad. Sure. Um, if, as long as you know, as long as you're not trying to tell me something is is bad, then we're okay. As long as you know it's bad, then you can enjoy it as much as your heart desires. I am going to throw a show out there, which is the reason that I pushed this episode off for thirty minutes, and that is Shit's Creek. It has returned tonight, and wow. I adore. That show. <laughs> it's so much fun. You're, uh, Al, did you, you didn't watch it right this evening, did you? No, I didn't have time to watch it tonight. I was going to try and get it in before the uh, episode, but I was watching um, some hockey over time. Uh, so uh, I didn't get there. What I was also watching before that was, um, just a brief aside, um, the, they had the Jeopardy like Tournament of Champions start I'm up tonight. I'm watching that too. <laughs> What's that? I'm watching that too. Oh yeah, no. I thought that was uh, that was some cool shit. I'm I'm gonna try and watch it all week. Um, so you saw the whole thing? Did you see uh, Dak Shepard, not armchair expert? <laughs> yep, that was amazing. Also, uh, that was like probably one of the highlights of his life because he really, really loves Jeopardy. 
Oh, does it? And really? I think the best part about it was on the last clue. Uh, Alec goes, Dex, and <laughs> and I feel like he's probably watching the episode and had a minor heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, he's funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyway, um. No, I didn't get to watch the the new Shit's Creek. I'm probably going to watch it tonight before I go to sleep or sometime just, tomorrow. I love the show so much. It's so much fun. And I, I more so this past year because I watched all of it this year because uh, I didn't know about it before. Uh, yeah. So I was watch- I watched all the previous seasons and that, you know, we were so excited for the premiere tonight. Uh, we saw them live and it was just, it was so much fun. Uh, but man, it's just... I don't know. There's something about the chemistry that the character that they each have. I don't know what it is about the right. It's just it's different than other comedies that I've watched before in a way that I don't really know how to describe. And I think you would agree if you watched it. Yeah, um, it's funny because at times it kind of feels like I'm watching something like a Parks and Rec, mm-hmm. um, but it's not like the same at all like there's definitely plenty of differences from that but at times i get that vibe a little bit and i think it just comes down to like you said having that ensemble have that chemistry together yeah uh, but uh i love that show too um i, I guess it would have been one of my honorable mentions i wasn't sure i wasn't 100 percent sure if the last season came out in 2019 yeah, so i wasn't gonna throw that in there um yeah. i will go with one of my well i guess i'll go with what my show of the year was because uh it's the same as carrie's uh watchman Okay. I wasn't sure. I meant to ask you um, the other day if you had finished no. watching it or not. Um, you should definitely get on that I, because I did not finish it. <clears throat> as you as you can see from both of us and many people picking it as their show of the year, mm-hmm. it is so damn good. Yeah. Um. Um. Like he, like Gary said, the um, the flashback episode, um, which I think was a little later in the season than he, he had mentioned, um, was incredible. Um, as well as. This was it the second to last or third to last episode. Um, was it um, a, a God walks into a bar um, was the episode title was yeah. incredible because of the degree of difficulty of executing that because it's all from the perspective of the way that Dr. Manhattan experiences time. So it's jumping through okay. timelines back and forth. It's really hard How to execute that. How many episodes that. is it? Uh, it was nine episodes total. Okay. Then I'm a third of the way through. But uh, the one that Gary was talking about, um, was it This Glorious Being or something like that, was the name of the flashback episode. It was um, um, just great. The finale was really, really, really strong. Um, The way that they tied together so many things that seemed to have no relation to each other, and then in the end, all making sense and how they're related together, uh, I thought was masterful. Uh, I thought it was a hell of a story. There was some tremendous performance from... Regina Hall, from Yaya Abdul-Mateen, from uh, Tim Blake Nelson, from Gene Smart. Uh, really, really, really good. Nice. Nice. Uh, yeah, I will, I'll definitely get through the rest of it. I just haven't, I just haven't gotten back to it. Uh, I don't know what it was. I, I, the thing is, I like it, and I'm enjoying the episode when I'm watching it, it's, but it's a, it's a very one-at-a-time show for me. Obviously, I can't, can't watch more than one in a sitting. Okay. It's uh, and not because it's bad. It's just it's It's a lot. It's too much of that feeling (laughs) for an hour, and then I don't want to do it again. See, the thing is, by the time you get to the second half of the season, you're gonna get over that just because of how good and compelling and how many things are being unveiled. Mm. Because yeah, you're right. The first two or three episodes are distinctly not that they're less good, but less like in your face. Like, oh my god. Than mm-hmm. the 
next six episodes they're, they're very they're disconnected but you can see the line starting to cross and i imagine it seems like they really get all tangled up as the show goes on so um that, I, that's part of it because there's certainly things that don't you don't know how they could possibly be related to each other what was like, the thing you remember what's the one you left is there uh, a cliffhanger the last one i watched the the, the the car was dropped from the the sky at the very end. Ah, yeah, great episode. It's I thought one, it was really the one, good. The one where she's in the phone booth. Oh, uh, yeah, Lori Blake. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I love that that uh, that joke she's telling throughout the course of the episode. Mm. I thought that was a really cool. Um, I like that device, mechanic. How they yeah. did that. Well, um, even the opening where she arrests Batman. I mean, that's so cool. <laughs> that was pretty great. I did not expect that to be <laughs> like that at all. Um, but yeah, that was um. That was by far the best show of the year. Nice. What a uh, Gary? Can you give me another one? My number two is Euphoria, and I really wanted it to be number one. Uh, I just think Watchmen was a little bit more well done as a whole. What is that? I one? mean, it's on HBO. Uh, that's oh, okay. HBO as well. So it's, it's the Zendaya, Zendaya show. Oh, yeah. You know, just a teen sex romp, but super updated. <laughs> For 2019. <laughs> uh, I believe you have to say that it's a trippy drug addled teen sex Ah, uh, Yes, a trippy drug addled. Rem- re- remember all the buzzwords, Gary. God. <laughs> uh, please forgive me. <laughs> I mean, it's just I, these characters are so broken but relatable in their own way, almost in a leftovers sort of way where. You know, Zendaya has substance abuse problems and she has problems connecting to people and she has a broken home. Well, not a broken home, but, you know, it's just her and her mom and her sister and she's just getting out of rehab. Um, So that's the beginning of the season and it journeys on and it just gives you these other high school stereotypes, but they're modernized and updated in a way that's very compelling and you know tv isn't real life to begin with so you should just turn on and tune out in my opinion most of the time um (laughs) some of the backlash about being like you know this isn't really how 2019 kids are they're not all just like popping molly and going to party obviously they're not (laughs) you know i mean some of them are um but you know the way something's changed the way something's stay the same and this was some of the more gripping and compelling tv that i've seen this year and yeah ready to come back for euphoria season two definitely nice i have an honorable mention i don't know if you finished this ant and i know that you were watching it although you didn't tell me originally that you just like dropped it like casually in the episode i was like oh shit uh righteous gemstones Oh yeah, I think I only watched like two episodes. I I kind of trailed. Oh my that. god! <laughs> I knew you would be down for it, uh, Garrett. Cause I know you like um, what's his name? Uh, Dan oh Brown. yes. Have you lost your marbles? That's the <laughs> that's the, one of the greatest lines in TV. I mean, not even him. Walton Goggins also steals um, <laughs> about a third of the show. Uh, this is definitely in the vein of some of their other shows, like Vice um, Principles was so good. Vice Principles, so good. <laughs> I actually like that one better than Righteous Gemstones, but Righteous Gemstones. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right for saying that. Misbehaving. <laughs> if we're doing like 
some of the top moments of TV this year, Misbehaven has to be top three. I mean, oh just Mis- a musical delight. I had, for a while. <laughs> I had that stuck in my head for weeks. Did, wait, did you, uh, you didn't get that episode yet, did you? No. Oh, Mama said no, but I didn't anyway, Misbehaven. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! Uh, I'm not sure that I'll go back to that. Uh, oh no, you should finish it. It's yeah. Good. yeah, John Goodman. How hard is that? It's not a matter of difficulty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, I'll go. My next one on my list is Fleabag. Did either of you get to watch that? Yeah. I almost did. Um, almost did. Okay. That was so close. Here's- so many people told me I could pound it out in like two days, pretty much, but I just did. Uh, yeah, right? The, That's what I love about the, the with Fleabag, the, the two seasons are so different, the way that they're like the way that the story goes. And it, it's just it's just it's so clever. She the her the character is Fleabag. The character you don't hear the character's name, which I think is tr- awesome. It's a really fun way of doing it, uh, and it's just it it just really is a lot of fun. And th- her delivery, like it, it, and she really Phoebe Waller Bridge. She's so funny, and she also won Golden Globe for I think it's best actress in a musical or comedy TV show. Um, Double checking that, but uh, yeah, and uh, th- she she was tremendous, and uh, you know wrote that story and then this but the second season where it all comes like the the second story that they tell with more characters and like more of a relationship it's just it's just so entertaining and i do think that it is worth it and that's it i don't think there's going to be another one she only wrote the two seasons and there's not really more story to tell it does have an ending uh so it's i think it's worth you taking the time Okay. No, and I like that model. I mean, that's also Watchmen did that. I think more American television shows should do that where it just ends, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> you just, it's ending is okay. It's fine. Anymore. It's such uh, a weird situation, right? Because it's like, on the one hand, when it's good, it's, oh, fuck, I want more of it. On the other it's like, okay, I, I guess I'd rather just be straight up with me and be like, we don't think we can do it anywhere near as like it's it's fine if the second season or something isn't as good as long as it's like within like 10 percent. you know what i mean like like oh i prefer the first season but still damn good but when it's like uh that wasn't uh that wasn't great like that it's a little disappointing so if you set out and you know that you have a story that you just want to tell and that's it like i get it but on the other hand it, there is a disappointment factor and it's tough because we're used to everything being taken like three seasons too long yeah, the, uh, like, that we all like, like give me more. Um, um, uh, American TV is a John Ralphio rap, right? It's just, <laughs> wait, what? Uh, you know how John Ralphio ends his raps? Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It took me a second. But yes, you're right. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. That, that flea bag, definitely worth the watch. Uh, would you have another mention now? Yeah. Uh, I'll go with, uh, the, first half of the final season of BoJack Horseman. Hmm. Okay. Um, I love that show. I know Anthony said you couldn't get into it, really. Uh, Garrett, did you watch it at all? I've never seen BoJack. Uh, BoJack is so good. And I, I kind of felt um, similar in some ways to what you were saying with Euphoria, where it's like, this is just like a whole like surreal other world that you can kind of just slip into and yeah. just appreciate it for what it is, where like there's good people, there's bad people, good things and bad things happen to both back and forth. And there's, it's like this whole lived in world 
that like you just go to for a bit and sometimes it's hysterical like laugh out loud crying laughing funny and other times it's like oh i kind of want to cry because that's super depressing and even to the point of like oh shit like something with that resonates with me even though i'm not like a horse in hollywood um you know (laughs) and then you want to laugh because it's like oh wow why am i relating so much to this depressed former superstar actor who is a horse um it's like when rick and morty actually tries yeah, um, it, well, it's like <laughs> infinitely less cynical than Rick and Morty, though. Okay, um, it just gets sad. Yeah, but like it's real and it's earned, and they're trying to deal with real life problems, but with a horse or a cat or like <laughs> a cuttlefish or something. Um, but also, but also people too, and it's like <laughs> the amount of what I find so incredible about that show is how many running jokes they can juggle and some of them mean nothing and some of them mean everything. And some of them are the stupidest thing in the world. And some of them are the cleverest thing in the world. And some of them you may not even notice because it's like something written on like a flyer that someone walks past, like stuck to a window. Um, and I don't know. It's just, like I said, it's uh, despite the fact that it's this ridiculous thing with all these like animals that are like real anthropomorphic things alongside actual human beings, everything's total normal. It isn't a surprise that you don't, the shock factor is entirely on you, the audience. No one ever is like, Oh my God, this talking horse. No, it's just, it would be like, Oh my gosh, this like Russian person, you know what I mean? Like it's just a person in the world. Um, and as the show has gone on, the stakes have gotten higher while the story has gotten narrower. Um, it's really focusing in on a couple of people and the good and bad that they've done in their life and how, you can balance those two things that good people can do bad things um, and bad people can be good if they are willing to do the work to be that. Um, And then they can take you from something that's super depressing for like 30 straight minutes and end it with something hysterical in the last 30 seconds. And then the episode's over and it's on to the next one. (laughs) Uh, That's interesting. Yeah. it's, It's incredible the way they balance the happy and the sad and all that stuff. Because Will Arnett actually had another, I think it was an Amazon show where he was like a recovering alcoholic and it was just him doing the acting or whatever and it was him like in California or whatever. I think that was also on Netflix. Right now. Oh, maybe it was on Netflix. All I know is I watched like all of it. Uh, I know the show you're talking about, but I never saw it. I forget what it's called. Um, it's interesting that he's able to go back to the same material and, I mean, even past, you know, I guess, Arrested Development, and he's got a lot of voiceover work, so he's got that money, too. Um, He's got a million different projects, and it's just he's working on what he finds interesting, and I've found this to be super interesting. I thought this newest season was really good. I think that the show overall has gotten a little darker as it's gone, but they still find a way to have some absolutely hysterical things that happen. There are some jokes that they set up for an entire episode, sometimes more than one episode. And when it pays off, you either were paying attention and it will literally kill you or you didn't. And it's still funny. And like, that's great. And it's whatever level you want to engage with it on. You can, um, I found it to be incredibly compelling and it is done one of my favorite running jokes um, using Margot Martindale, who is a tremendous actress. Um, and most of the thing is 
with only one or two exceptions, anyone who is a named famous person is voiced by themselves in the show. <laughs> That's uh, cool. And like, so it's like people come in and they know they're playing a ridiculous version of themselves. Like there was an episode where a bunch of them get trapped underground in a party and it turns into Lord of the Flies and <laughs> Jessica Biel is leading the charge to eat Zach Braff because they need to resort to cannibalism. And it's yeah. Jessica Biel voicing herself <laughs> and it's Zach Braff voicing himself. And it's just, it's hysterical. But Margot Martindale is plays herself, but she's not just Margot Martindale. She's character actress Margot Martindale. That is the only way they refer to her on the show. Um, and multiple times she is arrested. She dies. She didn't actually die. She faked her death. Somehow she escaped in this fiery explosion. She, at one point, I don't, I can't remember this season if she had forgotten who she was or she just decided to like go like incognito and live as a nun. Um, it's just the most ridiculous thing in a ridiculous show. And I love it because I love her as an actress. She's hysterical when she wants to be, or she's terrifying when she wants to be. Um, and there, a scene of her in an art gallery firing like an M16 at a bunch of cops who are trying to rightfully arrest her <laughs> <laughs> screaming. You'll never take me alive. <laughs> oh um, it was, uh, I don't know. I just love that show. The, the newest season was great. The final part of it comes out fairly soon. Um, and that'll be the end for real. So, um, I need to throw an honorable mention to the show that we have been recapping at the end of each episode for the past six weeks. And that is, and we'll be recapping at the end of this one as well. Yep. And that is the Mandalorian now. And here's the thing. Mandalorian is not a, not by any means a great TV show, but it is oh. the most fun that I have had watching TV this year in that tuning in on Friday after work to watch it. Uh, talking with Al and Brian about it as soon as they've seen it and catching up. And it was just like this event that it created. And it was, I haven't felt that connected to a show in this era of binging in a while. And it's because of that weekly release and that cadence. And it was just so much fun to just sit there and just enjoy it for 30 minutes. Just like relax and enjoy the, this crazy action figures brought to life show that you were watching. And it was, I, I really had a blast with it. The, the rumors of the death of the monoculture were greatly exaggerated as everyone was afraid that the water cooler talk around the event show of Game of Thrones was going to be over has been resurrected by the Mandalorian on a weekly basis. Mm -hmm. um, I would disagree with you ever so slightly. I mean, sure, it's not great. It doesn't measure up to something like Watchmen. It's damn good, though, overall, as a show. It was really high quality. It's it is it's a good... But you're right. Fun is the best word. You have fun just about every week watching it. And we I got fun Bill Burr in Star Wars. I'm thrilled. <laughs> yeah, uh, we got we got Space Boston confirmed. Canon. Uh, <laughs> Canon. <laughs> Amazing. Let me tell you, I've heard a lot about this Mandalorian. <laughs> I'm ready to compensate him the best I can. <laughs> yes, but I'm so terrible sorry. <laughs> it was either going to be that or Carl Weathers shouting, Mando! Mando, sit next to me. Mando, who do you like this weekend? The Seahawks or the Packers? Please. Mando. <laughs> Or how about, uh, uh, no, you guys are right. I uh, watched the first half. I couldn't stay away just because 
it's Star Wars and they're always going to take my money. So I did a couple free uh, trials or whatever just to see what it's all about. And that way, have you been making up emails yeah, to get through the show? <laughs> a couple. I waited. It was a game. It was a bit of a game. <laughs> so gotta do what you gotta do, baby. If you enjoyed the first half of the season, then you should definitely continue making fake emails because um, <laughs> the 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 two part finale, the two episodes were so. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely something I want to finish. Um, I don't know so much about it. It definitely got people talking. I would say more just because Baby Yoda more than the actual show itself. But there are definitely well, two Baby Yoda half- definitely lifted it up. Yeah, I mean it's two halves of the same coin. So either way, uh, my last mention would be the boys on Amazon. Oh shit! Oh, yeah, I oh, forgot about that. Oh, what a good ten episodes. Just funny because I wrote a review for it for the Finchin. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boys is really good. I still have to watch that. It seems like yeah, I, I was very pleasantly surprised because I was kind of getting some of the same cynical vibes I was getting from like the promotional material of Joker, and I was like, oh, yeah. like I don't, I don't need this. And Dominic really wanted to watch it, and we watched it together, and I ended up really liking it. Nice. It's much more fleshed out, I would say, than Joker, but. Well, it also got three times as long to do that, but... Yes. Uh, Just the elements that make it up, the acting, the writing, everything was really good for ten episodes and ready to tune in for next year. Um, Yeah, I'm psyched. I mean, especially since wasn't Brightburn this year, too? So we got a lot of, like, evil superheroes. Brightburn was uh, intense. Yeah. Did you watch that? I never got I, to it. I, I know you were excited it. for it. Oh my god. I enjoyed it. That movie was way more brutal than I expected. And I was oh. like, holy lord. <laughs> that makes it worth the price of admission. Uh, we, uh, that was a double feature night. Uh, it was, we watched that and then I think we watched like clerks because we needed something to look at afterwards. Like we need to really change gears when it was over. Like just like cleanse the palate. Yeah. I was like, ah, (laughs) when that ended, uh, it was, it was fun. I'm not going to watch it again, but it was, I thought it was entertaining. No, I, I mean, if it's on like HBO, I'd put it on as like background noise, but. I mean, I don't, I don't it's not like a perfect movie. Background nightmares on. That's not really <laughs> my. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, I will give one last mention, and that is The Witcher. I watched. I did not expect to really like for that to get its hooks in me, and I had a lot of fun with it. And I I finished it probably in like I don't know a four day span of just like I'll watch one more, I'll watch one more, and then the series the season was over, and I was like. Oh, was fun <laughs> and i and i would watch it again and there's a there's been some uh, tremendous memes that have come out of it now it's a little convoluted it's fine i know they, it, there's people have uh complaints with the show they're all well, i've heard that i've heard that's really by design though i think so too but people seem to not really want to give that I, I it's there i can't argue uh, that i read, I read a story there. um this week about it and like it was like it was titled uh, what was it was it a been on the escapist i think where they said the Witcher is purposefully convoluted and confusing because it's mirroring the way that like myth and lore were yeah. passed down in old times that the show wants to be 
delivering to you a story in that same way, the way that things get confused and exaggerated in the retelling and how myth becomes myth right yeah, and, how, and they how are th- super on the nose with it like they have this minstrel in the show and he like sings these songs and, it, and there's one part where he's singing the song to Geralt and he's like that's not how it happens and he's like I don't care <laughs> so yeah I'm, I definitely want to watch it um, I'm just trying to finish uh, Mr. Robot which would sure. have been on the honorable mention but technically I didn't watch the newest season, which was in 2019. Fair enough. So didn't feel right to put it as part of the honorable mention. But damn good show. I'm almost done with the third season. The fourth season is the final one. So Nice. Any other show mentions before we move on from our bests of? Um, No, I think I'm good on shows. And as Al mentioned, for best of 2019 video games, you can check out our article on the Spinchoon. Moving on. Al was driving home. Were you driving home from Star Wars? When were you driving home and you were thinking up your list when you were ordering your Star Wars films? Oh, I don't remember when that was that I did it, but yeah, I did it. You drive home from my house. Yeah. Well, I think I was thinking about it. Uh, I think I waited until I got home to actually like commit it to the page. But right. yeah, no. I, I, yeah, I had, uh, I had a two-hour drive home to think about Star Wars and uh, where they all sit together. And Gary, a few days later, saw episode nine and tweeted out his... Uh, list. Uh, so I figured, you know what? The three of us are going to be together. Let's talk about our list together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Al, why don't you kick this off? Okay, so I'm annoying, and I have them in tears. <laughs> okay. um, I'm just telling you the front end, I'm going to be slightly annoying. Sure. Um, so I basically put five and four on a tie. I think five is overall the better movie. I think four, um, it's just its place in history and what it did to like cinema as a thing for the 40 plus years since it's come out um, warrants it being registered on the same plane. Um, I think shortly behind that, I have episode eight, uh, the last Jedi. uh, And then I have rogue one. And then I have episode six. Uh, Next tier would be episode nine and seven tied. Um, They're polar opposite movies. One of them is incredibly well-made, but has a hard cap on how good it can be because it's a remake. The other one is not incredibly well-made, Take some wild swings while being ultra conservative in other ways uh, is a glorious mess that's really fun to look at and has some really great moments, but also has some really bad moments. Um, and I also put episode three there because kind of the same thing to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And most of its sins were sins of the father because episode one and two set it up with impossible threads to carry forward. But it also has some incredible stuff, both from story and just visual spectacle standpoint uh, in the same way that episode nine did. Uh, Solo exists on its own tier below that. Uh, it is a fine movie. It is perfectly fine. Yeah. Um, I like some stuff about it. Yep. All does, doesn't work 100%, but it's not a bad movie. It's fine. Uh, and then the, the two bad movies, uh, one and two. One is as a clear, concise, coherent story that it wants to tell. Tells it. It's just not a good story. Um, some really good performances. Some... I mean, obviously, Duel of the, the Fates and uh, and that whole sequence and fight were incredible, uh, but also Jar Jar and Galactic Politics for just too much. <laughs> also, some <laughs> some racist caricatures of villains. Um, yeah. Two is just an unholy mess for the first two thirds of the movie, but the final 40 minutes uh, is just pure adrenaline um, and some cool as shit stuff. And I never honestly thought I would see Yoda fighting with a lightsaber and i saw it and i loved it so people clapped in the theater <laughs> and rightfully so uh, <laughs> it was a big deal. 
When he turned that little green lightsaber on, people lost their fucking... Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> well, let's just... I mean, there's a lot to unpack in that whole moment, right? Because, oh, shit. That's right. This isn't a puppet anymore. It's CGI. Two. Oh, God. He actually has a lightsaber. We can confirm he has a lightsaber, which he badassfully uses the force to bring from one side of his hip to the other hand. Mm-hmm. Um, and then two, he turns on the lightsaber and it is adorably tiny, just like him. Uh, well, yeah. Let's not forget 1.5 when he drops his cane and everybody goes, <gasps> <laughs> Yeah. Well, because he leaps in there with the cane. He's going to fall. Casually and starts leaping with the force. <laughs> so good. So good. I, I respect your list, Al. What's up? I respect your list. I do think that if you're going to list them all out, you might as well break them up and take them off tiers and just... But at the, we'll get into my reasoning for why these lists are, are just completely flawed uh, when I eventually go. But Gary, why don't you give us yours? Just like Al, I mean, I agree with number one. A lot of people agree with number one. It's Empire. It's got the most stuff. Um, doing it in the best way, pretty much, so... A lot of people agree that it uses the Force in the best way when Ben visits Luke when he's dying on Hoth, and he's like, oh, you gotta go see Yoda. They cut up the Tauntaun. I mean, beat by beat, it's just the best movie. It's just, there's nothing you can argue with it. Lando on Cloud City is a great addition. You get the real introduction of Boba Fett, where he's just kind of thrown into the Lucas edit of A New Hope um, from the 90s. Uh, before that point, his real introduction was an Empire. Uh, no, so, actually, Empire it was one. Star Wars Holiday Special. Oh, Al. Don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't you make me get up. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is The Force Awakens. It's just A New Hope, but better. I mean, it's modernized. Mm. The lightsaber fights are all so much better than, you know, the original fight between Ben and Vader in the hall where they're just kind of holding them and this, and they, you know, they're just old through the prowess and, <laughs> you know, Alec Guinness slightly moving towards each other. Um, <laughs> the Force Awakens just does everything better. Ray, Ray in the first two movies just is so great. And especially just, like, remember when you saw the trailer for the first time and it was just a stormtrooper taking off his helmet in the Mm. desert and it was a black guy. I mean, that was just what... That was one of the more interesting things Star Wars has done in a long time. (laughs) And it just left you with so many questions. Who is this guy? Where did he come from? Why is he important? Why is he in the trailer? And... Yeah, well, Tatooine is hot. Or Jakku. Jakku, Jakku is hot. Um, a lot of General Huck, the New Order, great speech. Um, he only gets worse movie to movie. You know, it's just the peak. And I would say uh, Ben, Kylo Ren, the line, that lightsaber belongs to me, the lightsaber fight in the snow, the great visuals, Finn, a non-force user, uh, taking on somebody that he knows he's just going to lose to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, Ray force grabbing the lightsaber past Kylo Ren is probably my favorite Star Wars moment ever. I mean, it's, it's just solid. shot. I definitely agree. Well. The, the camera tracks. It tracks the lightsaber. You think 
Kylo Ren's going to do it because that was the last shot was him reaching out his hand, but no, not so fast. So, I mean, I love The Force Awakens. Anytime it's on, I'll stop and watch it. A New Hope, number three. Um, you know, you heard my argument for Force Awakens. It's, I, it's I love again. A New Hope. <laughs> it's, it's so you pick one. <laughs> you like the old one, you like the newer one, it doesn't matter. Um, the Last Jedi is my number four. Love the ideas in that movie, uh, especially based on the rise of Skywalker. Having seen all the movies at this point, and The Last Jedi just has better ideas. It has Luke, and it's harder to take in and to grapple the first time you ever see it. You know, Luke, you think he's a hero, but he's, he's smart, or he's using the Force, or he thinks he's doing the right thing. It's a combination of a lot of stuff. And he's flawed, just like anybody else. He's not perfect. Um, uh, People don't like the Cantabite stuff. I don't either. I think DJ is a great addition. Instead of the Master Codebreaker, Benicio Del Toro is perfect. um, Perfect Star Wars character. Does his little quirky stuff, but, you know, he's also his own thing. Like, you know, I'll do whoever pays me. It doesn't matter. I'm just a person in this universe. (laughs) You know, I'm not on the resistance. I'm not on the empire. I just want to live. And they don't come back to that. And I like that. They just let me go. Return of the Jedi. I was never a huge Jedi guy. I would always watch a new hope and empire more than Jedi just drags in the middle. I mean, everybody, they think about the first 30 minutes and the last 30 minutes. And, you know, Chewie and Han and Leia trying to sneak into a bunker is just not that interesting. I'm sorry. Um, I don't know. I, I actually kind of like huge... Okay, that's fine. Um, I just think I, and I, I, we mostly haven't been interrupting each other, but I, I always liked that because it felt like you had to be special to do like any of the big important things or like the infiltration stuff. And it's just like some regular, like people who have like skills and they're just doing the best they can. And they win against overwhelming odds and they didn't use the force, you know, that's cool. And all it just feels like filler. I mean, all the more important stuff is happening on the death star. Oh, no, no question about that. Uh, so that's my number five so far. Six revenge of the Sith. Best of the prequels. No question. Uh, definitely leans on the final battle, which is very, it takes up a long portion of the movie. The only thing, like, as a kid walking out of the, the final, the Revenge of the Sith, just being like, I wanted to see more Darth Vader. Why did it end when it finally got to Darth Vader? What the fuck is this? Uh, but definitely still good enough to be in my top six. Phantom Menace. I think has the best ideas and that's pretty much what you'll take away from my list other than your guys list is that, you know, I I'll still take George Lucas's vision like it or not. There's enough good there for me to be like, this is still a movie that's making choices and it doesn't rely. These are all new ideas like them or not like the CGI or not. These are all new ideas. It's not like, Oh, you know that uh, they stole the Death Star plan, so we'll make a whole movie based on that. And then there's going to be the guys 
from the cantina and Tantooine, and they're going to be on the planet, and they're going to be like, why did you bump my friend? My friend doesn't like you. <laughs> and the service stuff is what really upsets me the most in Star Wars. So that's what's going to reflect my bottom three the most, is some of the newer entries that only rely on, you know, the thing from the thing, so you should like the movie, because it has the things you like. That's fair. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a valid criticism and probably one of the better criticisms that I've heard. Yes. So Phantom Menace, it has newer ideas. There's better ways you could do it. Uh, you could go on YouTube and see like different videos of like how I would have done the Phantom Menace and why it would be so much better. But, you know, the pod racing scenes, the Darth Maul scene, um, even some of the... I think there's a very short desert battle on... Uh, yep. Tatooine before they escape the planet, Qui Gon Jinn, you know, and a lot of people's favorite Jedi is Qui Gon Jinn. I don't understand it. It's not my favorite <laughs> Jedi, but it's very uh, obvious that Liam Neeson made his mark on the franchise. That's a big part of it. Um, there's something to the character himself as well, but we don't have to get into that now. For sure. Uh, so that's why Phantom Menace is my number seven. My number eight is Attack of the Clones. Al's right. It's worse than prequels. Um, before the pod, I would I said that the John Williams love uh, love across the stars across the stars love theme was one of my favorite pieces of music from the franchise altogether. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. the thing about this franchise is it does so many other things competently so when you know one or two things is lacking it makes up for it in so many other different ways and in attack of the clones you know who hasn't have you guys ever just felt like obi-wan when you put your hood up on a rainy day and you have to walk somewhere you guys never felt like um (laughs) you were on uh uh, I'm blanking on the planet right now. Camino? The clone Camino, yeah. Camino, yeah. You guys never felt like Obi Wan and Camino. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> oh. And the Django's Django Fett stuff isn't great, but it's pretty good. You know, he's there. <laughs> he was definitely he is absolutely there. there. Unlike, unlike the clones guns. that Tamara Johnson played, he is actually physically there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's got the um. There was a there was like a bounty hunter game on PlayStation or whatever when we were kids that was quite good as well. Yeah, I think I had a broken version uh, of that because at one point I just couldn't advance. Remember when you could when games couldn't be patched? That was the yeah. shit. <laughs> yeah, I think I had that for that game because that game was fun as shit. Like the idea of that game was cool. The combat suite, like all the different things they let you do, super cool. Uh, I just think I literally had a broken version of that game. Mm-hmm. I, it was a good thing I only rented it because I've been really mad if I had bought it. And then I'm just going to lump my bottom three together here. These are newer entries in the series, and I just think they rely way too much on fan service or stuff you should like as opposed to like, you know, just making a movie on its own that's good. So it's Rogue One, Solo, and Rise of Skywalker in that order. See, I uh, the I only think... on this list, the only thing I really object to, well, two things. One, I think that just by the fact that Seven is a remake puts a hard cap on how high it can go on the list. Uh, I agree with all the things you said. 
I just think that a, the, that it has to be docked points for being a retread. Um, and I think that Rogue One less is less reliant on the actual nostalgia part of it. I understand it's reliant on something else existing, but I don't think it trades on your like nostalgia quite as much and is just a legitimately really good movie on its own. I would just put it higher. I, you know, I'm not going to quibble as to where higher, but putting it in the bottom three doesn't feel right to me. Okay, probably not. Just make the team shorter because I don't, you know, you only have two hours and you had two different directors for this feature and you've got like, what, by the end of it, six, seven, eight resistance members that I all met in this movie. I mean, just leave it at Cassie and Endor and um, not Ray. Rebellions are built on hope. Um, I just don't care. You know, and the Saul Guerrero stuff, that's what should be in the movie as opposed to some of the other stuff. Because he's just introduced and it's like, oh, you're supposed to care about him because he's Forrest Whitaker and he's got a weird breathing thing. You know, I don't know. It's just all this stuff that's introduced to me, but none of it's built up, and I don't care how they got the plans for the Death Star. I like A New Hope on its own enough. <laughs> so the last 40 minutes kicks ass. It's great. It's really cool, visually. Yeah. I don't need everything else in the movie, and that's the problem. I- I've heard it's that really before, and there's, there is some truth to it. I It resonated more with me than it did with other people, and that's fine. Um, but yeah, I've heard a lot of people say, yeah, the last 40 minutes is incredible. The first, you know, hour or whatever, two hours is, um, or hour and a half, however long the first parts of the movie is, um, feels like it's not fully fleshed out. Uh, you know, it doesn't, it, and I know that's Anthony's problem with the movie, uh, is that Cassian is one of the two, I mean, it's an ensemble, but it's really about Cassian and Jin. Um, I know that he never felt a connection to him. Um, and that's fine. You know, it doesn't work for everyone. Mm-hmm. I did. Um, and that's why I really love this movie. Um, and that's fine. If it didn't work for you, it didn't work for you. But that, I guess that's, that's my objection to putting it so low is I still think it's a really well made movie, despite how crazy as you alluded to the production was, um, the finished product works, you know, what I, I think mean? Krennic is the best thing. I think Krennic is he the best really thing from that movie. Compelling I mean, villain. Yeah. Really compelling villain. And then Solo, I mean, Solo's just a worse movie. <laughs> it's not well lit. It's got some ideas. But it's just, it's not, it shouldn't have ever been made or it was rushed. Um, Ron Howard didn't fix anything. <laughs> and then Rise of Skywalker is just, I can't get past the Palpatine thing. I just cannot. I mean, it was built up. That would be fine. There's like definitely a 40 to 50 minute portion in the middle of the film where it's like, maybe I can get over this. But when he's just shooting lightning into the sky, I cannot. And actually, if you guys saw on Twitter, the Ben Solo challenge is going on right now where um, people are reenacting the the shrug when he gets the lightsaber from Ray. (laughs) Whatever. And I I didn't know... I saw that there was a Ben Solo challenge. I didn't know what it was. Yeah, I didn't know we would get this whole thing from it. I mean, there's clearly moments. I mean, this is <laughs> there's clearly moments in the movie that are good, like the shrug and the passing of the lightsaber that kicked ass. 
but that's not really better than any moment in The Last Jedi. I mean, when Kylo Ren is reaching out his hand and, you know, after the throne room battle. And, I mean, the main problem with the movie is it doesn't commit to anything. It tries to kill Chewbacca. It doesn't. It tries to wipe C-3PO's memory. It doesn't. It just doesn't commit to any. Just do it. Just make a fucking decision. The only and decision that they committed to was, no, 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 Ray has to be someone. And that's and, upsetting as well. You and know, I didn't I'm, like the decision. <laughs> so it goes back. It makes The Last Jedi a better movie because it is a better movie. And it makes The Force Awakens a worse movie. And that's really hard for me. I wish it just didn't exist, like Die Hard 5. My, or... biggest, problem with, <laughs> my, my <laughs> biggest problem with 9 is that in a trilogy of movies in which one of them is a pure remake, this is somehow a more cynically movie. From the get-go, I mean, you know, um, what's his name? Uh, Lando, he can, Billy D. Williams, he can barely walk. And that's mm-hmm. why they have the other guy who's wearing the armor that leads them to the ship. And then he's just there like, I, I, my flying days are over. <laughs> I mean, listen, then, they gave him short shrift in the first two movies. It's kind of offensive that they didn't invite him back in any way, shape, or form if they're going to invite everyone else back. And also, remember, he's like 80 years old. So, like, give him a break. <laughs> have him back. Just I don't have the story depend on him being, like, spry and still agile. Doesn't have to and be spry. Avengers... Okay. <laughs> after, after he discovered them at the rave, the Coachella planet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I um, I I agree with a lot of your criticisms of the movie, and I have the same ones. Um, uh, in the end, I was really like fighting my disappointment the first time I saw it, um, while also still being like, "Oh, that was cool. That was cool. That was cool. Whatever." I watched it again about a week after it came out, um, and unburdened of expectation, I enjoyed it more the second time around, which I knew I would. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it is a fun movie. There's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, I don't have any problems with how it's shot or the chemistry oh, or actors. It's just the premise is upsetting. The prem the, the emperors in the opening crawl. I cannot get past that. Well, the one thing that me and Anthony talked about. I know you said you didn't get a chance to listen to our episode on it. Um, of all of the nine movies that have an opening crawl, six of which were written and or directed by George Lucas. Um, eight of them all feel like Star Wars opening crawls, and one of them doesn't. And mm-hmm. we couldn't really pin down what it was that was wrong with it, other than it just didn't feel right. And that's a weird experience. Yeah, yeah. I, it, uh, we talked at length about it on our Star on our episode nine um, episode, which is redundant. Uh, but the uh, the it it brought in a lot of things that are like in Star Wars universe, like some of the wacky, and it brought that a lot more forward in the story which i mean you could take it or leave it it doesn't it, you know some people liked it some people really didn't like it that's fine i really enjoyed it it's higher, it's, <laughs> it's higher on my list uh than most probably uh it's similar to al's we'll get there but um uh one of the things that i i do find a, an interesting argument i i i agree i kind of liked it better with ray not being anyone i think that made the character a lot stronger um the two things, two things. Make it made Palpatine. Her, let's say it made her character stronger, and it made the concept of the Force 
being for the galaxy instead of for like two or three families um that limits the scope of this in such a way that is really frustrating oh no yeah i that, that's that was that's the those that's one of the criticisms that actually i i can get behind of yeah it, it does make it feel like it's locked into these this core group um the, the saying that like it be her being a palpatine like that really bothering people just at face value is not really fair considering retcon lineage throughout the storyline of all of the star wars movies yeah well, I had said I had said it bothered me. Uh, if you had to make her a part of a family that we knew who had the Force, it was the least offensive way to go. Sure, because it would have really upset me if she was actually a Skywalker. Yeah, or a yeah. I, I agree. The, I again, I'm not going to argue with you. I I think I would have liked it better if she was not attached. Yeah. I think that would have made it a lot stronger. Well, I think there's better ways of doing it than just a certain point I of mean, view. Oh yeah. Well, and that's the the only other. The only reason why that piece of it isn't so offensive. It would have been offensive to me if I wasn't a hundred movies in to the series uh, and (laughs) into Star Wars, because like there's so much of like here's this thing that's happening, which I I know I'm not making arguments for the movie. It's it gets backfilled later on by like pieces of information, books that come out, games, side stories. And I like that this universe is growing and getting crazier and wackier. And there's some interesting stories. There's some great stories that are not on film. Like, And it's it. I, I think well, that filling that in will be fun over time. Um, I, I get, I, if you're not, if that's not for you, that's fine. Well, that's the thing. And this is my last couple points before we get on to your list. It's, this really did feel like one of those Star Wars novels, like that was canon or non-canon, and you would read it. It's like, oh, Palpatine's back, and he's got a big ship. He made a bunch of ships, and now there's a final order instead of the new order. I mean, and they have to find the thing to get the thing. It really did feel like a Star Wars novel. Um, I've, I've heard some people call it fan, like professional fan fiction, and yes. there is an element of truth to that. <laughs> And then it just makes all the writing in The Last Jedi so much worse. I mean, those are some of my favorite lines, and they're so powerful. Mm. Like, you're nobody, you come from nothing. Or it's, you come from nothing, you're nobody. But not to me. Like, that's Kylo Ren reaching out and being like, you're a special person, even though your past doesn't fucking matter. Take my hand. That, I agree Let's that, rule that was a great. Together. I agree that that was a great moment, but I had it slightly ruined for me, not by nine, but instead by someone saying, "Oh wow, I didn't realize that we had negging in a galaxy far, far away." Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, That's absolutely right. <laughs> it's great. Oh my god! All right, good list. Good list. Uh, I am here's here's mine. Um, and the, my. My caveat on these lists, which is what I was uh, alluding to earlier, is that we've got three sets of movies that came out very far apart from each other. It's very difficult to actually rank them against each other. So this list is entirely my enjoyment with these movies and what I find to be the most fun, top to bottom. Well, that's uh, what it is. You're, you're right. You're marrying quality with your own personal. Like they are the most opinion based that they can be because absolutely. you may have a less good movie higher because you enjoy it more. And absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that doing this. Yeah. And I want that that's that's going to probably be very clear soon. Um number 1 on my list is Return of the Jedi. 
Uh, I have been a Did Jedi you finally fan. Spent it? You're locking it in? I'm locking in six. Uh, Return of the Jedi. You've been, you've been hamming and pulling over that for like 18 months. I know, and it was it was in it was in the rewatch that it, it got me, and I was like, yeah, I, I I'm sticking to this one. Uh, I I love Return of the Jedi. I've always had fun with that one. It was always the one that I rented the most as a child, and I would go back to it over and over again. The whole uh, scene over the Sarlacc pit. I just I would rewatch that. Just rewind it, play it again, over and over again. I just had I just really it, it, that's the one that really captured my imagination. I I interrupted Gary too many times during his list, but I'm going to try and do it less. To, <laughs> wow, <laughs> I I'm going to try and do it less to your list. But the one thing I'll say about this is, for most of my life, I've been with you. This was my favorite for a long time, uh, until as I got older, I realized there was something that was wrong. And I think we talked about it in the past. I know I've talked about it with Mike. Hey, Mike. Um, um, and my brother as well. Um, what's wrong with this movie, what hurts it for me a bit is I don't like that they cut Darth Vader's balls off. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand how it took me so long to he see it. Up the Emperor. He throws him. No, no, no. Super yeah, but he's like, he's like fucking an emo kid for most of that movie. Um, after being just terrifying in episodes four and five. Malicious, cruel, dominant, and now he's. It is too late for me, son. No, I think the I I actually I like the conflict in him, and I also like that the I don't have a father figure the, thing. I don't have a problem with the conflict and all that. I don't have a problem with the way that it goes with him redeeming his father. Totally good with all of that. It's purely in the execution. Okay. You know what I mean? Uh, I just have a problem with some of those lines where he sounds like he's on the brink of tears before we get to the point where yeah. oh my god, I'm watching my son get tortured to death. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's- I always, I always took that as he saw Luke being his equal for the first time. He says this to him uh, when he's got his handcuffs on and he surrendered himself. No, yeah. this is before they've gone back up to the Death Star. Hmm. Um, he's not. He was terrifying in episodes four and five. Not scary for a single second in six. Other than the only moment they let him have his balls back temporarily is when he's hunting Luke, hiding in the shadows, and he discovers the truth about Leia. Mm-hmm. That's the oh, only time he... And he's like, oh, sister. your sister. You <laughs> have a twin sister. That's the only moment in the whole movie where he gets his balls back. The rest of it, he's like... he's. You know what he is? He's basically Jonah Hill in 22 Jump Street when he's having the bad trip. And he's going like this with the, with the uh, Creed song. Or not, not, yeah, with the Creed song going on while he's just like, like dancing and he's wearing the black. Like That's... That's who he is through the most of the movie. I have a big problem with that. And it's part of one of the reasons why I love Rogue One so much. Because number put two, baby. All right. So episode six, Return of the Jedi, is my number one. Episode seven is my number two. And that is, it is Star Wars Take Two. Really? Yep. Take Two. And I love it. I love every bit of it. And I watched it another, like, two times before seeing Rise, uh, Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker, Rise of Skywalker. Couldn't remember the name of it. Uh, and I just, I, it's just, it is so well done to me. And it's, I, I think it's every so character is so much good. fun to watch. And the, I, it was, I'm always gonna remember after all those years when we were sitting in the theater and the, the scroll started. Like I, that's just gonna keep coming back every time I watch that specific movie. And I, man, it is just so much fun. And it opened the door for more story. Whether or not you're a fan of where that story went, I really liked that. Uh, number three is going to be Empire Strikes Back. 
Um, that's obviously that. It's 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 gonna be in. I feel like if you like Star Wars, it's gonna be in your top three regardless. Uh, I it uh, you've said enough about the movie already. You you pretty much nailed it. It's tremendous. Uh, number four for me is gonna be Episode Nine. I had a lot of fun with that movie. I know it's not great. I know it's not for everyone. Uh, upon rewatching it, I liked it even more. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Oh. I'm surprised that you have that. I'm not surprised you have it high because I know you like. You're surprised I have it above eight, right? Yeah, that's what I'm surprised. Mm. Eight is also above four. We'll get to that. Uh, but no, Rise, I, Rise of Skywalker. I, I just really enjoyed, it, and upon rewatching it, I I liked it even more. I just I I just thought it was fun, and again, I knew it. I knew story wise, it 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 it, it, had, it made mistakes, uh, but I still enjoyed it. I I love the the characters of Poe, Finn, and Rey together. I like that I got a handful of those scenes, and I like—I just like the way that all those characters like moved along throughout the story. Uh, it was really good and really fun as a Star War. It's just not a very good movie. Sucks. Sure. <laughs> it's a fucking Marvel Transformers movie. It's awful. It's so bad. He shoots the lightning into space. For whatever reason, doesn't offend me as much as it's offending you. I actually, I actually liked him blessing the lightning into the sky. I thought that was cool. that was so dumb. They didn't make up their mind. First, he wanted uh, Ben to kill Ray, and then he wanted Ray to kill him, and then. Mm-hmm. It, <laughs> I agree. There's a serious problem with that whole logic, and I actually didn't even like. I kind of like felt that coming out of the first time and the second time I saw it, I was like no this is bad actually that felt more broken than anything in Rogue One did <laughs> I mean you're on because uh, <laughs> you could go listen to the episode 9 episode if you'd like but uh, the next one on my list is 8 um, those two I kept flipping back and forth in the list uh, until I locked it in I'm, I'm really surprised that you have 9 over 8 yeah I, I don't know there's just a, 9 feel I Nine feels more Star Warsy, and eight feels more unique. I and that's why I think that's what eventually put nine above it. Uh, but I I love uh, Last Jedi. I thought it was I, I I you you know this. We've we've been uh, painfully having to defend this movie for a very long time, uh, and Amazing. I almost put it uh, really high, just like to make a point. But I had to be honest with what my favorites were going in. Uh, episode four or Star Wars: A New Hope. Yeah, wow, is now is like right in the middle there. Um, it is. I, I yeah. You can if you want to. If we were like rating the movies, it, like as far as movies go, maybe I would put a little bit higher. But it's it's great. Star Wars is great. It got us into here. But it's because of that movie that I got all these other ones that I really enjoyed, and that's where it lands on the list for me. That's fair. Uh, Following up, uh, Al will probably find this one as a surprise. Episode one, I'm putting next. Um, and it is, it, it would have been episode three, except I rewatched it recently. And it's it's a tough movie to actually get through. It's not great. Three? <laughs> yeah. And, the, and one has more of a nostalgic draw for me. And that's just because I remember when that came, when Star Wars came back with episode one and i have all of those memories attached to it again this is just my preference because of like all of this the like what i feel when i put those movies on and i watched one so many times over and over again as a kid so four one episode three um episode three at the end with 
Uh, Ewan McGregor, probably the best acting in a Star Wars movie. Yeah. Overall. Um, I agree. Which is unfortunately opposite the worst acting in a Star Wars movie. Uh, which I is- mean, he, he was great throughout the whole movie, but everything from when he goes to talk to Padme to the end, he just nails every oh, single one. Yeah. Yeah. So, after... Liar! <laughs> what? You're with her. Oh. <laughs> no, no, not, not Hayden Christensen, you and McGregor. <laughs> I know, I just had to get it in there. Sorry, I was super distracted. Did, did you just pull White Walker out of your freezer? Yes, he did. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so... Following. They had it for twenty bucks at the liquor store. That's a good buy. And I was like, "That is a good buy." I had twenty bucks. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! All right. Following episode three, we're gonna go Rogue One. Um, the movie has grown on me since my initial watch, but it's still lower on the list. Uh, it, uh, as Al mentioned, I, I'm not attached to any of the characters, and it felt more to me that that was by design because they were gonna kill all of them. And yeah, that uh, I just didn't like that. I would have preferred to be attached and completely destroyed at the end of the movie <laughs> than to not be attached. And when everybody blow up, I would be like, eh. they they had to be responsible and understand that there was going to be another showing after you saw it, and they need you to be able to get up and walk out of the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there's that. Uh, followed up uh, next is on the list is Solo. Um, I I have I have fun with a lot of parts of Solo. I think the overall thing is a swing and a miss, but yep. uh, yeah. lots of mistakes uh, as far as the they they probably should have just not. Honestly, with all the issues they had, it Absolutely. I think Gary said a similar thing. It should have just they should have just skipped over it when they realized they were having such trouble. They once it got the to the point of hire an acting coach and fire yeah. the directors, maybe just stop then because you can cut your losses then. Yeah, I I did, I did like the uh, the portrayal of Lando. I thought that was great, and I also really enjoyed. Um, what was the droid's name? Uh, L four. That L two. Anyway, something the, that that relationship was very silly and very fun. Castle Castle Run visually stunning. Yeah, that was incredible. Uh, uh, it's funny. I think was it. Gary or Al, one of you said that it was the movie was like entirely too dark, like as far as being yeah. shot, like the lighting. Gary was- said it, and I agree, especially that opening sequence when they're underground, like talking to that weird lizard, or not lizard, snake worm thing, whatever it is. Yep, yep. <laughs> Legitimately could not see what was going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie was specifically made to showcase HDR, in my opinion. If you have an HDR capable television, it looks really, really good, but I agree that that is not the way to go about it. Um, so that's. The second to last, then there's the uh, the holiday special, <laughs> and then yeah. episode two. See, the funny thing is, holiday special technically isn't canon anymore. I don't think <laughs> so. That's why it's not make it onto my list because it would have okay. firmly been there would have been an open space and then another tier and then that would have been <laughs> the last one. Right. But yeah, episode two is coming in at the very end of this list. I uh, I don't need to watch it again. That's how I that's that's how I feel about that movie. If I want to watch it again, I really just want to watch the very end. Sure. Yeah, fast mm. forward. That's fine. So I think we actually did all have pretty different lists, yeah. uh, to be honest with you. I feel like the spirit of most of it was pretty similar. Um, there was some that dramatically changed. I I mean, I, it's not 
it doesn't like bother me that you have nine higher than eight. I'm just genuinely surprised. surprised. Yeah, I'm genuinely surprised that you, I knew you liked nine better than me, and I know that we both like eight a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just genuinely surprised. (laughs) Upon rewatching eight a couple more times, there was just a couple of slow pieces that just took me out. Uh, I, I, Episode nine is it moves continuously until it's over. Like there's there's no lull. In so that. the problem is it moves too much. <laughs> oh, okay, well, Rise of Skywalker is so much worse. That I mean, it's we okay. got like planets in the first twenty minutes, uh, <laughs> but I think we're on the same side on this one anyway because you were saying that. Uh, you like The Last Jedi more than Rise of Skywalker anyway, so... Um, you know, there were some minor issues that I had with The Last Jedi. Like the Haldo stuff, like why can't you just tell Poe Dameron what the plan is and whatnot, but when I got to Rise of Skywalker, it was just like, holy shit, what? Is, <laughs> what? Well, we don't have to really like, it anymore, but it's... Darth Vader and the TIE Fighter are like, What? Um, I think that was I think that was a fun uh, cathartic exercise. And if I had a a, one of the one of the ways that helped make that decision easier is one of those two movies gave me Babu Frick. So yeah, (laughs) I like Babu Frick. Okay, everyone likes Babu Frick. Oh, he's so good. (laughs) (laughs) It really is all summed up with one line. Mm. I I Babu Frick. But the end game moment is very inexcusable. I think we should really reflect on this. I mean, it's a year and a half, or just a yeah, it's a year and a half after actual end game, and somehow no, it's all not these even, it's like appearing months after end game. <laughs> yeah, is it? Oh my god! Oh, twenty nineteen was so long. <laughs> Make it stop. Oh. My uh, god. That's great. Yeah, uh, it's funny because in the moment, it didn't really. But like by the time I was in the car leaving the first time, I was like, "Oh, that ending ripped off Endgame a lot." Yeah, because even the titles <laughs> that kind of looked the same, like the yeah. visual, it was kind of like gold sort of rings. <laughs> you see um, the circle up. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been the time to cross the universes, <laughs> right? You just see I Doctor mean, Strange doing his thing. <laughs> all I know is if, if Lando had said on your left, I would have got up and walked out of the theater. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, do you have any other news and nuggets? No, no, that's it. All right, then, uh, just to keep the tradition alive, we got fun and games. Oh, I forgot about fun and games! <laughs> I always forget, except for that one time. This is going to be... I'm going to try to do this... Like a, uh, for both of you, so you could each give me an answer. Um, this is going to be difficult because the quiz, for whatever reason, it takes up like a lot of space on the screen. All right, <clears throat> here we go. Uh, this is from BuzzFeed. Everyone's personal, everyone's personality matches a 2019 movie. Who are you? I feel like oh, it was very fitting right. for what we did. So <clears throat> here we go. Choose a phrase from 2019. Sorry to do this, man. I'm baby, and I oop. I don't know who needs to hear this. I just took a DNA test. And it shows. No man has all three. Hey kids, spelling is fun. No man has all three. Okay. I'm disappointed 
because what I was about to say should have been one of them, and I was say there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm gonna go with the spelling one just because I forgot some of the ones in the beginning. Okay. Cool. 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 Sounds good. All right. Choose a random celebrity photo from this year. Now I know you can't see the photos, <laughs> so luckily they have captions under them because oh, this nice. is uh, accessibility friendly. Adam Sandler dressed as a piece of toast. Dua Lipa carrying two pumpkins. Ashley Graham losing her hat. Liam Hemsworth taking a spill off of his surfboard. Rihanna in feathers. Shaq about to jump into the ocean. I think I should just pick that for both of you. It's a tremendous picture. I can't describe it, but it's amazing. Michael Douglas using FaceTime. And Justin Bieber falling off a unicycle. I'm going to go with Shaq. Uh, Michael... Uh, which Michael was it? Michael Douglas. 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 Michael Douglas using FaceTime. All right. Choose a song from 2019. Motivation, Old Town Road, Harmony <laughs> Hall, Juice, Bad Guy, Sucker, How Do You Sleep, Seven Rings. I don't know most of those songs, but I'm going to go with Bad Guy. Okay. Seven Rings. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, choose a TV show from this year. The Mandalorian, Pen15, The Morning Show, The Umbrella Academy, Euphoria, The Politician, The Boys, Russian Doll. Ooh. Some good shows on there. Mm. Also, I definitely meant to bring up The Politician during the honorable mentions, but I'm going to go with Mandalorian. Okay. Euphoria. I knew that was coming. I already selected yep. that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, choose the trend from 2019. TikTok, Keto, Marie Kondo, Climate Strike Fridays, Vibe Check, Hydro Flasks, VSCO Girls, Beyond Burgers. I hate that list so much. TikTok. <sighs> Keto? Okay. Beautiful. And finally, choose a look from this year's Met Gala. Again, <laughs> I'm just going to tell you who the people are. <laughs> Lady Gaga, Cardi B, Aquafina, Zendaya, Sorsha Ronan. Jar- That's how you spell her name? Yes. Jared Leto, Billy Porter, Kendall, and Kylie Jenner. Saoirse Ronan. I'm going to Jared Leto on this one. Jared Leto. I thought you were going to go Zendaya. I was. Right. I was wow. Like, I it open. You were Holy take it. crap. Gary, you got us. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. You have an unspoken duality to your personality and can charm others with ease. You're always finding excitement in your life. And are always down for an adventure. See, I always think that these quizzes are bullshit, but now I'm starting to question that. Right? Same. I just assumed that it was going to be the one where you picked a movie, and it was going to be that one. Yeah, uh, right. Al, you got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Nice. You're classic. You're old school. You're all the good things about an era from long ago. <laughs> Despite getting into a healthy amount of trouble, you radiate good vibes. Oh, wow. That's that was pretty uh... good. That was one of the better ones, I feel like, that we've done in a while. All right. Don't necessarily agree with the movie, but I kind of like the description. Yeah, the description was good. It was fitting for you. All right. With that, let us get into our flick of the week. Uncut Gems, released in 2019 and rated R. A charismatic New York City jeweler always on the lookout for the next big score makes a series of high-stakes bets that could lead to the windfall of a lifetime. Howard must perform a precarious high-wire act, balancing business, family, and encroaching adversaries on all sides in his relentless pursuit of the ultimate win. That is your IMDb synopsis for Uncut Gems. 
<laughs> and that's my review. Come on. Come on. I a new beer uh, because this Bro. is a chock full episode with a lot of stuff going on. And just for the record, just to torment Anthony, I'm just going to let you know. I know. It's a treehouse beer. I, I saw you drinking the beer already. All right. I hate you for it. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's a juice machine if you want to take a look. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> juice machine. Juice machine. Juice machine. <laughs> Uh, um, do, do we want to do tweet length reviews of this movie? Sure. <sighs> Go for it. Um, a compelling, ang- anxiety inducing snapshot of the culmination of a lifetime of bad choices by a bad dude. Mm-hmm. I haven't had this much of a good time in a long while. Ooh. I love watching KG in his prime, even as a Lakers fan. <laughs> and the Sandman's better than ever. I thought you were going to say, I haven't had this good of a time since good time. Oh god. I'm <laughs> not that bad of a writer. <laughs> no, but uh, you like that movie, it would have been perfect wordplay. Oh, uh, we're gonna get to it. Shitty people doing shitty things and me hoping the whole time they get what they deserve. Aw. Uh, that's the one thing I'll say here. Before we get to spoilers, before we get to the movie, at least in these movies, these people get what they deserve. Mm. Cause I would be so much more irritated if they didn't. Oh yeah, I I I agree, I agree with that that piece of it. Here's the thing: there, the as a whole, I, I I'm not terribly offended. Like the story that they want to tell, I actually think it's a decent story that they're trying to tell. I gave Al my my score earlier of a four. Uh, I oh did you? I didn't actually remember the you four you a score. comes from like the actual good parts that it does. I do think that there's a story there that is interesting and worth exploring once. Um and. I, this is not a movie that I ever intend to watch again. Uh, and I think that's okay for movies like that to exist. And I do think that they can get higher scores if they're better made. This movie is not well shot. I think the... What? I, no, I, I, I the cinematography that. for their it's movies true. is absolute garbage. And I do not like it. Uh, I, I disagree. I thought it was shot better than Good Time. Um, yeah. I thought everything about this was better than Good Time, actually. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily say that I liked this movie, but I found it so much more compelling than that movie. Oh, absolutely. Um, it's better than it, it's a pile of trash that's better than that pile of trash. Well, that's what I'm saying, like because you were really concerned, and I was concerned because I wasn't as offended by good time as you were, but I still didn't like the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, i I was compelled. I wanted to know what was going on. You know what I mean, like this story left me like, ooh, what's that about? What's this about? You know? I felt like this world was actually like lived in. Mm-hmm. Um, like it felt real to me. It felt like a living, breathing organism, unlike Good Time. And that's a credit um, to the performances. Um, but it's also credit to the script too. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's just a better story overall. I keep using the word more compelling. Um, I was genuinely intrigued to know what was going on here. I wanted to know about these characters their motivations, what they were choosing to do. I hated all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted them to go away ultimately, but I was intrigued throughout the course of it. This yeah. is weird. Yeah. I couldn't disagree with you guys more. I mean... <laughs> you didn't think it was compelling? <laughs> no, I thought it was compelling. I thought it was a good <laughs> movie. I thought a Good Time is a great fucking movie. I think great Good Time is a much more streamlined premise where it goes A to B to C to D. It just goes right down the line. Whereas this was just more of a snapshot snapshot in this guy's life. 
Um, I thought it was very interesting. Some of the shots they even went with, or some of the story ideas, like there's a whole 20 minute section where they just go to Philadelphia for no reason. Consequently. And there's just nothing that's ever resolved. Like he doesn't get the oval back from KG. It's just 15 to 20 minutes that's used on that. Whereas good time is just, it keeps going down the line. Like, okay, you have the heist and it goes wrong. And it's all of the aftermath from that. Where this is, yes, Adam Sandler gets the opal from South Africa and some things happen, but his life interacts with that so much more. Where it's some of the consequences of what he's already doing mixed with his big score, which he thinks this opal is going to pay for all of his debts. Much more than that, I mean... While we're on non-spoilers, these movies need to be made. These types of movies need to exist. Everything can't be Star Wars or Marvel or... I mean, Knives Out was a very good uh, movie with ideas, and it was original us. There were other movies this year that did some stuff. But, you know, sometimes you have to see the perspective of the bad guy and everything has to not work out because why would it always work out? That doesn't make any sense. So if those are non-enjoyable aspects or things for you guys, that's fine. I don't think either of us I'm, really has a problem with that piece of it. That yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I think that those, that those those are one and done movies for me and I like them. They there's re, they cut off rewatchability usually. There's a, a handful of exceptions, um, but these particular movies um, are, have gotten a lot of traction and have been held to a high standard. And these are just I and not in a bad way. They're amateur filmmakers, and I don't think that they are there yet. With but they're getting too much praise for where they're at right now. I think that they will get there based on what I've seen and the trajectory from good time to this. I do think that they have the ability to get there, but I think they're getting a little bit... There's too much praise there, and they need a little bit more criticism. Um, Specifically, my biggest issues with the movie are cinematography. See, I actually didn't have a... I actually liked some of the cinematography in this. Um, That's not my thing with it um i actually agree with a lot what up until that point what i agree with a lot of what you said Ant. Mm-hmm. um and i am i'm just as confused as you as why people love these two movies so much because i've read especially after we recorded good time i read a ton of reviews about that movie because i just didn't understand mm. what the disconnect was because that, that's for me that's been a big thing i've talked about it a bunch on the show right like like or dislike a thing but understand it, sure. be able to embrace it. Like that's been our conversation about Star Wars, especially like Episode Eight. You don't have to like it, just understand it. And I don't understand it, despite like I said, reading like I probably read ten reviews, glowing reviews of Good Time. I still don't get it because even when I got to a point where I was able to like factually agree with a lot of things written, I didn't understand why they were positives or like why it elevated it from yeah, it was fine to amazing because. Mm-hmm. I, I, I filled my quota on these the films from the Safdie brothers. They're interesting movies. I actually think they're talented filmmakers, but 
I just feel like dirty and depressed when they're done. Good. And I don't and sure. I don't need the thing is I don't need movies to have a happy ending. That's a yeah. fight I get in with my dad a lot about movies. Like he needs like sunshine and rainbows and I'm like movie can be dark and depressing in its Absolutely. subject matter, but there's no redeeming qualities to anything that happens on screen with either movie. I would disagree with Good Time because he's someone who wants to take care of his brother who has special needs and that's set up. That's the end game is he wants to put his brother in a better place. In this movie, he didn't didn't achieve that by his actions. If he had done a terrible thing. And that's the point of the movie. But the, but he accomplishes that by accident. If he had actually (laughs) set out on a path to steal the money to put him in the place and then use that money and took the consequence. That's not what happened. He just turned himself in to allow his brother to get taken care of. Right. But and the same thing with this. He didn't, like, sacrifice himself in the end to get Julia or to get his wife and kids, who deserved it a lot more, money to take care of. Like, that didn't happen. I understand. That's my bigger problem in this movie um, in terms of what the stakes are. Like, exactly how much does he owe to this guy? Who's his uncle or not his uncle? I mean, I think the unanswered questions <laughs> I was super movie confused by that too. are much more interesting, and that just it's a movie that makes you think for a couple days. Um, and it just has elements that are very well acted and very good. And Adam Sandler punches the weekend, and I think we have to keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was some good performances, no yeah. doubt, and I actually want to talk about a lot of that later, but I'm still just, like, big picture here. Like, that's not an unanswered question to ponder. That's, they didn't fucking answer the question. It's just bad storytelling. Who was that guy? Is it his uncle? Is it his brother-in-law? Yeah, I, oh, I, didn't I, I, thought, I thought it was clearly his brother-in-law. What did I miss? Okay. Uh, well, it's just never is, I, actually... I think it was his brother-in-law. I just don't think it was clearly his brother-in-law. Oh, I thought the conversation that he has with, uh, well, I was actually more confused. Is that his dad or her dad when they were having yeah, that conversation? Yeah, is that his father-in-law? I didn't understand. And that's never explained. Yeah, and then, Okay. Can we switch to spoilers or I'm done until spoilers? Oh, uh, well, guess, okay. One, but... The one thing that I will say, uh, here's my, just my gripe with the cinematography was the, the fact that uh, what they were, what they, were doing they did effectively like of making you feel anxious like so anxious with the shooting of the movie and like the you know how i feel about the camera being too close to your face that's one thing you can't you can't do that the whole movie and they did that's 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 a mistake um that's very nauseating uh the mechanic of making you feel like you're in this crowd of like of this chaos that's happening is a really great mechanic but not when you do the, the whole way through. You have to you have to use it sparingly and use it to effect. Like I, I, I it didn't. I I actually disagree with that. Yeah. I liked it because it is an element of creating that anxiety. Yeah. And I mean, are you guys the New Yorkers? Like none of this felt, you know. Well, he, he he's from Staten Island, and I'm from an hour north of the city. So, the I like that the camera. I mean, listen, yeah, could they have backed off some faces occasionally? Sure, um, but overall you're supposed to feel like the walls are closing in on you because they're closing in on him. Mm -hmm. And the best thing that this movie does is I want him to get the fuck out of my face so badly because he's such a scumbag. Mm -hmm. But 
somehow I'm still rooting for him throughout a lot of the movie, even though I'm like, why am I rooting for him? So I actually thought that was a good case because I never rooted for the Robert Pattinson character in Good Time. Um, Um, I was just rooting for Elsa to divorce him. Oh, I, I want to get to that later because <laughs> I was so confused by her casting in this movie, but she was great because my very limited exposure to her is as Elsa, <laughs> and this was very, very different character, and I thought she nailed it. Yeah, she's good. Um, but, you yeah, know, I... We're talking about Adina Menzel. If you're going to have super dark and depressing and bad, and the bad guys are going to get their due, which is good, uh, you got to balance the negativity a little bit, and there's just no balance to this movie. Um, I also, it followed the same script as good time. By the time I was halfway through the movie, I basically knew what was going on. Sure. By the time he places the big bet, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And I almost called it verbatim. What was going to happen. So I was kind of let down at the end because I was like, it feels like that movie is setting you up for a big moment at the end. And the moment was big, but it, like, I knew it was going to happen almost. Like, I probably got it 97% right. 97. Yeah. Um, and we can get into that a little more post-spoiler. But, like, uh, like, they have a formula, even though they're trying to, like, it feels like it's being sold to me as something that's, like, you're going to be shocked every time you see one of their movies. I'm like, but I'm super not shocked because you keep doing the same thing. Like, it's a different story with different people. But pull out to like the 50,000 foot view and it's just bad people doing bad things and then they get their desserts because they shouldn't get to win. Which, again, credit to them. They shouldn't get to win. These people shouldn't get to win. And they don't. But that's like, you you know that's coming. I think those are still conflicting ideas. Like it's not shocking as much as I didn't see it happening. And I think a very good stretch of this movie that kind of portrays that is after they leave the club and Adam Sandler fights the weekend and he's yelling at his mistress and it's just, uh, yeah, like medium close-up shots of both of them and it's like exactly what you would hear an angry couple leaving, you know, New York City club or whatever. It's like, fuck you and all of that. And it's just like, at that point, we were halfway through the movie. It's like, where is this going? What's going to happen? What's with the mistress? I thought the mistress thing was tied up at another part of the movie a little later on, too. So, I mean, it did really keep me guessing, even though, Al, ultimately, you thought it was going to end a certain way, how it was going to get there for me was very, you know, up in the air. Uh, well, the one thing I'll say, I was a little confused, and this is probably actually a little bit to Anthony's point about some of the specific scenes in cinematography. Some of it's also just maybe I wasn't like literally paying close enough attention in a moment, but for a while in that movie, maybe halfway through the movie, I thought that the girl who worked at his shop and the mistress were two separate characters. <laughs> and so I was really confused uh, okay. <laughs> for a minute. Like, I didn't know the girl... Was I didn't realize that the girl he was with was Julia, and that the girl that he working for him was Julia. I thought the girl who worked for him was Julia, and then there was just some other mistress who I didn't ever catch her name because her <laughs> look changed. The way through the movie, I was like, "Her name's Julia too." That's bad writing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, what happened? No, no, you know what happened was I didn't get her name, the mistress's name, 
or didn't register for me. Yeah. And I knew there was a girl who worked there who was named Julia. I knew he was banging this mistress, was a photographer. Uh, separate characters until the thing happens at the club. And he says, I don't want to see you at the shop tomorrow. I was like, oh, my God, that's the same girl. Julia, <laughs> Julia. Yeah. No, that's funny. Um, <laughs> let's, get to, let's get to spoilers real quick. Let's do it. Um, spoilers. The veil has been lifted. Yeah. No. The second he put the bed in, I was like, oh, he's going to win, and they're still going to kill him, aren't they? Um, and then as soon as he locked him in the room, I was like, oh, they're going to watch the game together, and he's going to win the bet, and he's going to go to celebrate them, and they're going to kill him for real. Mm-hmm. And then that's exactly what happened. I was like, ah, yeah, that's a, that's super disappointing. Um, no, I mean, you're right about that. I mean, if you <laughs> guess that, you guess that. Um, but it's like, it's like exactly I, was, I don't know. Like, it was kind of the same way I felt about Good Time. It's like, oh, so he's going to just get arrested, and it's going to be kind of deflating, isn't it? And he... he got arrested and it was kind of deflating like i <laughs> i don't know but more the unanswered questions and i don't know if this is like a purposeful like storytelling device or whatever but i mean that one guy who seemed to be under control of his uh you know father-in-law or cousin whoever this guy is like he shoots because i think that's what he was brother-in-law so he shoots both of them, and it seemed like the brother-in-law was like in charge when they kidnap him or grab him outside of the pageant or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that dynamic shift, I think, was very interesting. It just doesn't it, really go anywhere. Yeah, it was interesting, except for the problem. Like while they're in the car, like when they grab him at the pageant, I'm like, "Who's in charge?" Because you're clearly just a henchman, and the other dude is pulling your strings. But also, you're bossing him around like a lot, and that so was, by the end, I was not surprised at all when he killed him too. I think that goes to Gary's point of like the snapshot in this guy's life. This has been going on for a while, and yeah. these two cronies have been like just taking it in stride because they've been told to, and he's had enough, and he's uh he's ready to explode. Uh, Definitely, so much so as uh, was that a elbow to the throat? twice like well he was like, re- like he was really looking forward to doing that yeah. eventually he lost his shit because he was still uh, uh how he was still getting away with it when they were locked in the uh in that little booth and you could see it on his face like you know where that scene's going i yeah. feel like because if the, every time you just focus on his eyes he's ready to kill him he doesn't care the guy the mm-hmm. guy's like almost getting excited like wow we're gonna get our money back he doesn't give a shit and you know i feel like you know what's going down when it and i'm just like, i was just sitting there that whole scene because like like you said you can see clearly in his eyes and i'm just like dude buzz them out and be like yeah we're gonna give you the money and he opens the door he's like okay yep so i was right he's gonna get killed and boom like right then and there it's like yeah no preamble we're just gonna go ahead and do it and like his brother-in-law is like really stupid because like he could have just sat there and rode out the storm, and he keeps making, like, an issue of trying to, like, yeah. protest or, like, escape, and it's like, dude, you're fine. You can get out of this. You'll have lost your money, whatever. But, like, in the end, what does it matter? Like, you clearly have money cause if you have that much money to loan out to people and shit like that or whatever. Um, also, I'm like, I, it's like, I wasn't 100% sure if he was, like, another bookie or if he's just, like, loaning him the money. But if he's yeah. just loaning him the money... He's clearly some sort of criminal because he's got thugs working for him. Yeah. Um, I'm genuinely and generally confused as to who that guy is. Because I agree. I think it was his brother-in-law. But, like, 
There's never a scene where he's talking to his wife. Uh, at the dinner table, he's sitting next to that woman, and uh, they were sitting next to their spouses at the... No, he's not. He's not. He's never sitting next to Adam Sandler's wife, though, right? No, that's what I'm saying. If he's his brother-in-law, like I would assume well, that he he's he's definitely what I gathered from it was he's not blood, but they were at the same family affairs twice. Yeah, and uh, the so father-in-law was talking to him and clearly likes Howie, but doesn't like the other one. I think he was, and he has daughters, and I think he was like. So he's with him. His wife is Adam Sandler's wife's sister. That's what I think. Yes. Okay, yeah. that would but make again, more the sense. The fact that I'm saying that that's what I think is a flaw, right? It, yes, it was not, I, I it totally was not agree delivered with you properly. Yeah, I yes. don't know if it's a flaw as much as, you know, we're supposed to have this discussion after the movie, and it's just purposefully not explained, so... No, know. because I mean, it was like, it was like a big moment when he shows up at dinner, and it's like, oh, okay, so like, this isn't just some guy, like, they know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they, like, literally one sentence... Just the two women talking to each other, where it makes it very clear they're sisters. Done. That's all you need. Yeah, you don't you're need right. to be like, "Hello, brother-in-law." You know, like, doesn't have to be that. Just literally like one second where they're talking to each other. And the thing is, she's wearing the dress, right? And like all the women come in there and like start like. And one of those women is probably the guy's wife. Probably. I don't remember. Well, it's which just women the, was which. I think what we ended up in that scene. This is again. I don't know why I'm going this deep into it, but in that scene with the family, there's there's reference to the cousins with all the little kids running around. Then there's at the table the adults that are paired off. There's not there's, there's really only enough of them for that to be the case. Yes, I agree. So, I agree. Whatever. But it's just it's confusing that I have to be confused mm-hmm. by this. Yes. I guess, you know, I mean, I don't think everything has to be answered. But that's you know, not the type I, of thing that, leads, that needs to be like left up for debate. You're probably right, but don't you get more from it from us having this conversation as opposed to being like, I'm Jimmy, I'm your brother-in-law. No, I totally agree. <laughs> if they're doing that, that's really bad writing, but there's more than one way to have bad writing. <laughs> it just scrolls across the screen. It like freezes <laughs> and it says brother-in-law. <laughs> the dead speak. <laughs> or like, you know, when they're, sitting, when they're sitting at the table, you go, oh my God, my brother-in-law, to right? whom I owe money, many, many dollars. <laughs> Exactly, and that's never explained, and that that's, you know, some of the few problems I have is that the stakes are never explained. I never know when Adam Sandler has enough money that he can just pay these people off and walk away. Didn't they say that? I assume that it happens. I don't think it's ever actually said. I thought they. Did. Uh, I don't remember the value, but I thought they said it at one point because, like... I think like, the 175 is enough. When he gets it from KG, I think the, I thought the hundred grand actually, was the, was the debt. Yeah, I thought it was. I 100. do think they say it at some point. They did. Okay. Yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it's not super important, but I do think it no. is. I think it's, I, um, well, no, you know what's funny though? If that, I think that information's in the movie. The whole uh, showing like where the the gems are coming from and the opening of the movie like that's detail explaining to you like this origin of this rock and we're confused about whether or not this guy is his brother-in-law <laughs> like that that is that's a good point <laughs> i'm gonna be honest with you i thought i walked into the wrong movie for about four <laughs> i was, like, I was confused too but i actually ended up liking that whole little bit of like that intro 
I uh, was sitting in my seat waiting for the movie to start, and a couple walked in and came over to the group of us that were sitting there, and she goes, uh, F7 and F8? And I was like, yes. <laughs> like, these are my seats. And she, she was holding her ticket, and she's like, these are our seats. And I grabbed, I like, let me see your tickets. And the, the, we went to the movie at 7.30, and the showtime on her ticket was 4.05. And no. I was like, this is not this is for 405 and she just looks at me and she goes how is this possible and i was like i don't have no more answers for you <laughs> i don't know lady uh, i don't the um when he gets shot in the face i was like good and i i mean i saw it coming i was like because when he's when he's crying on the phone and he's like bawling his eyes out and he's like oh like i'm so stupid i'm I'm like yeah you are and i don't feel bad for you like fucking grow up like and figure this shit out well i think i think that's why the mistress becomes more important um because ultimately she gets the million dollars and a clean boy because of um uh cowboy carrot uh yeah, I was going to say George Hamilton. <laughs> um, <laughs> we don't know exactly what happens in that hotel room, but, I mean, that's very cool. And the two goons, I mean, they're just kind of stuck there, and she rolls away from Foxwoods with everything. Whoa, so whoa, the, whoa, whoa. I, mean, kind of I like, thought they had an d- amazing dinner. That's what I got, right? When the yeah. chef's supposed to be... <laughs> I just got to take a shower, honey. <laughs> honey. <laughs> yeah, they were on two very different wavelengths. Um, but uh, I, for just a minute, when he's walking out with the money, I was like, oh, God. Ah, did he kill her? Yeah. Ticket, didn't he? Because, like, everyone else, like, she was pretty shitty most of the movie. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like, like I said, the one, re- like, redeeming thing to all of this is, like, the shitty people get what they deserve for the most part. But Except for the two going. Going back to the, yeah, but the thing is, you know, like, those dudes It'll catch killed, killed some yeah. people. There's definitely cameras in there. Oh, yeah. Those guys are not getting away, you know what I mean? No, like, and then there's the smash and grab, like, they just take whatever from his uh, shop. Yeah, there's so, no way those guys yeah. ended up winning in the yeah. end. So I was, like, good with that, because I was like, yeah, like, you guys think you're making out here? You're not. Um, but uh, I was... Uh, I actually want to go back to the scene you're talking about where he's crying and the thing with him, like him and Julia reconcile. It's funny because she was like, I thought she was like super shitty. Cause like, she's like, say what you will about having a mistress, whatever. They're clearly committed to each other in yeah. their way. Right. And I was like, Oh, that's fucked up. Like she's going to get the allure of it's the weekend or whatever, and whether or not you like him or not, like it's celebrity and all that. And it's like her jump off. Her and there's cocaine involved and whatever and I'm like oh that's super shitty because like he's giving you everything you get a job you get that apartment you get lavish gifts and everything so like like a modicum of loyalty is expected in that situation um but by the time like she just like refuses to take no for an answer and he's like so broken and if i was her i would have been like fuck no i'm out of here you are such a loser and, like, she did the exact opposite of that, which I kind of bought the contrition in that moment. Mm. So I was kind of glad she got away with the money, because for a while I was like, eh, I didn't want her to die, but, like, 
I was like, oh yeah, she should probably be left out in the cold here to a certain extent. I kind of like the yeah. cheat. I made out for the money. wife to end up with it to some like in some fashion. Oh, unquestionably, I would prefer the it wife will, to be. Until like, I mean, un- until the call came in that he was all clear, I just thought that this movie was going to be it's going to get worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. He's going to win a bunch of money and get out of it and die of cancer. I didn't think it. Did was, you guys ever? Did, no, I'm <laughs> serious. And then you guys got the call that it changed into he's going to get murdered. (laughs) Did you guys ever see the movie The Counselor? No. It's actually based on a book uh, by Cormac McCarthy, the same guy who wrote The Road and No Country for Old Men. Um, That movie was even more dark and depressing than this one because, spoiler alert, everyone dies. Mm. Everyone. Even, like, the bad guys and the good guys. Everyone (laughs) dies except for, like, one person. Um, and I thought that's what was going on in this movie. <laughs> so I was glad a couple of people made it out. Like meaning like Julia and like the wife and kids. Cause like in that movie, the equivalent of the Indiana Manziel character also gets killed for literally no reason. Oh yeah. Well, and it's they, like, they, they played to that too with him calling her to get her out of the house. Sure. And I appreciated that despite the fact that he clearly was ready to just leave her for the fuck of it really. Cause like, like sure, she's a bitch. No, I, she movie. was done with him. I thought because yeah, she knew about... but like he was just kind of letting it happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, he does. He kind of wants her back at one point. He goes back. Yeah, but that him. was only after he gets rid of Julia. Yeah. He, he thought he thought he, had, he, he, thought yeah. he had his golden parachute, and then he's like, "Oh, she was like, she's gonna fuck that rapper." Um, I guess I could try and fix it with my wife. Mm. Uh, um, but like we're only given the option of she's a bitch on screen but I'm like hell yeah she's a bitch look at what she's married to this dude is oh I didn't I didn't get the impression that she was a bitch I just thought she was the only right angry yeah (laughs) what I'm saying is her bitchiness was justified is what I'm saying you know like like, no there's like no question she was being bitchy to him but because he's an asshole because Mm -hmm. he's openly cheating on her with a girl in this apartment that he's paying for well, that's why I thought it was so interesting, and I wouldn't mind seeing it again from like the mistress's perspective, and maybe she's actually the protagonist of the movie. <laughs> uh, she winds up with the movie or, or the money or something like that. Um, much more than that, you know. I mean, you're right. Adina Menzel is very good, but. I mean, this guy is like, he's pretty, he's well, nobody's going to do bad after he dies. Like, they have the house, he drives a Mercedes, like he said, they have the town car. Yeah, I guess it's not, it's not like real life debt. It's like gangster debt. (laughs) No, I mean, these people are Yeah, because it's not like it's like the IRS coming to collect, right? It was like her brother-in-law. He's also dead, so. But I mean, he also clearly, uh, the majority of his money is not legit, so. I would imagine, and then once the they start investigating his murder, it is going to blow up on them to some degree. I'm sure. I'm sure that's not gonna, all sunshine and rainbows after the fact. Yeah, probably. Probably not. But also, her dad clearly has money, so like, sure. she's probably fine. Like, because he bought the fucking gem for well, hundred thousand. His dad didn't get that money back. So, oh, good point. But still, he, if he had enough to do it, then he's probably fine. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I know you made a big point of, like, you better pay me back, but it didn't sound like, it didn't sound like I'm going to be out of my house with that money. It's just like, <laughs> go fuck yourself because I'm out of that money. Mm. You know what I mean? This kid uh, just wanted to meet KG. 
by the way, KG, pretty good. I usually oh, yeah. athletes, even when they're playing themselves, don't do a very good job mm. of it. I thought he was really strong, even though he was playing like a fictionalized version of himself. Um, KG. I mean, he looked exactly like himself. I mean, (laughs) 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 oh god. I I mean, I always find it interesting when when people play a fictionalized version of themselves because usually it's a parody of themselves, right? Like you're not coming off looking your best. Like, how often do you... Like, unless it's, like, a very quick cameo type of thing. Like, how often do you look better than you actually are? You know what I mean? Usually you end up looking worse. In this case, he does. Like, he looks like a, a nut, right? Like, because he's fucking obsessed with this gem. He just goes AWOL with this thing that the dude's like, this is worth a million dollars. Don't fucking go missing with my gem. And then he does exactly that. Um, so I thought that that was interesting. That he, like, does all that. And it was pretty convincing. I like, You should be able to play you, yourself, but... You know, I'm sure I wouldn't play myself well on camera, so. The premise of him actually letting him take the gem, like, from the get-go is is flawed. Absolutely insane. Yeah. Even though he takes the ring as collateral. Insane. Well, he immediately cashes in the ring, and then he... Which is even more insane, but... No, that that piece isn't insane because I think the one thing that was done really, really well is showing the addiction to gambling that he has, and really, yeah. sure. really did that well. And Adam Sandler was phenomenal in the movie. He I hits he was on really that good. bet. I think it all lines up because he wants to hit on that bet. Mm-hmm. No, I agree that it's totally something that character would do. Yeah. No question. But everything that character would do is insane, and none yeah. more than that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to have a movie, Al. No, I, I get it. I'm just saying, like, are you serious? Fucking KG's ring, you're just going to go on that? Like, what the shit? And, but I see, and that's why I said I found this movie compelling. Because he goes down the street and he goes to that pawn shop and he gives the ring, and he has a relationship with these two guys there who are evaluating the ring and who are going to stake him the collateral, yeah. right? I want to know more about what's going on there, what goes into that relationship, but I don't need to know more. You know what I mean? I want to, but I don't need to. Yeah. That is compelling storytelling, right? And they have his 73 Knicks ring forever, which is funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot because he died while it was out there, yeah. That's uh, but because like, like even at the end of it, right, like they're pretty like they put their foot down right away. Like, no, we're not fucking around. But when he comes back, he's like, are you OK? Like yeah. he like seems genuinely concerned even while all this is going on. He's like, dude, are you OK? <laughs> There's those other two collectors, too. Like, oh the short guys. I mean, it's very good world building. When it just drops you into where you are, mm-hmm. um, because it, like it, but, it's all building on the layer, right? Of Anthony is saying of like the portrayal of how bad his addiction is, where it's like, fuck, yeah. it's not just to this guy, it's that too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy with his with the, I want to know more about the cast on that guy's arm and like what <laughs> what's going on with him. <laughs> that yeah. wacky collector. Oh man. The uh, the Fran- the Francesa part was good. Uh, they probably used him the perfect amount anymore, and he probably would have been right. annoying or really showed off how not good of an actor he is. Um, 
I also thought that it was just perfect to, to his temperament. Like he's just doesn't have time for this shit, you know. It's <laughs> just like the bet I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, he's absolutely right. It is one. First of all, that guy put multiple bets across multiple different games on the first tip. Why would you ever? That is how you know you have a problem. The first tip. <laughs> <laughs> but also yeah. at the end when he uh, when that that happens with the tip and he's like he's like oh that was like everything right there <laughs> yeah yeah no shit it is literally a coin flip you're literally betting on a coin flip oh man uh, I mean hell people do it right Super Bowl there's odds on it if it's gonna come up heads or tails which is oh, fucking yeah. So the movie yeah. has a lot of um, there's a there's a bunch of cameos in it a lot that I didn't notice while I was watching it and like saw yeah. after the fact I had a note about that too I was like fuck I didn't even realize all but these people were the best is Mr Cleo McDowell oh oh yeah oh my god <laughs> when he's explaining to his son like oh this guy was in Welcome to America oh my god that was, that was good they, it just like no. there was no like i had i don't know like what chain of events led to that that he was there for that movie for that scene but that's that is really silly like to throw that in there for like re- it's completely throwaway yes um <laughs> it was basically just a flex if we could get this random like right ridiculous <laughs> actor um there was a few others too did not realize the voice on the phone of the appraiser was tilda swinton mm-hmm. did not realize that the sports agency woman was natasha leon right did not realize palm Clementiev was in this movie who even was she did you guys notice she was in the movie no she's in the cast hmm. she was What's... she played lexus i don't even know who the fuck that was i don't know uh, at one point early on uh oh was that wait hang on is that the sister-in-law <laughs> no okay <laughs> Probably not because she's too young, I think. But. Um, there was other wasn't there other workers in the in the gem store like in the like the first couple scenes? Yeah, was one of them was, was the one who kept home was that wife? Like actual wife in real life. Wait, sorry, say that again? You broke up on me. The, so the woman who was like answering the phone who like had a couple of lines, was that Adam Sandler's wife? Uh I I don't know. I didn't know. Because I just noticed she looked kind of familiar and I was like, that might be his wife in real life. Hmm. So I know she usually is like in the background of somewhere or like, and I don't know what the character's name was. I didn't get a chance to look through and see if it was her or not, but, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, what, what's her name is like, uh, I don't even know who she was. I don't remember recognizing her admittingly, admittedly. I've only seen her in guardians of the galaxy and she looks ridiculous. Those fucking prosthetic like thing <laughs> out of her on top of her head. And like, she has blonde hair in real life and she's got black hair in that movie. So like, it's going to be tough for me to pick her out, but I had no so, idea she was in the movie until I looked at the IMDb later. Like, Ooh. yeah, I just generally have no idea who she was. I'm trying to like scroll through here and see if I can figure out if, if that woman was his wife or not, because it, she looked familiar and I was wondering if that's who it was. Um, I think one of the, so part of my, uh, immediate gut reaction of, of just anger <laughs> watching the movie, uh, is, is, you know, actually art, doing art right is getting you to respond this way but one of my biggest pet peeves is like people who think they deserve something or are owed something and they're really shitty and like they don't but they really think that they do and it bother it bothers me and they adam sandler did that really well and uh i, I said it like I, in passing before but like as much as i didn't care for the movie 
Um, and I thought that there were problems with the way that it was shot. If you wanted to nominate him for something, I think that that would be well within the rights. I think oh, he yeah. was really good. I thought he was really good, but I think some of the like praise of his role in this was a little bit overdone. Like he was, he was really good, but I actually didn't really think it was like best actor. Okay. I don't know who else you could put in this movie that pulls it off, though. I mean, it's very difficult. It's very hard to get somebody that's so compelling, but also so shitty. Um, and I think it goes back to some of the stuff we were talking about in the stakes in the movie, like how much does he actually owe? What could he do? He- he could probably sell his Mercedes. I mean, he could probably liquefy some actual things if he wanted to, but he just chooses to not to. And he doubles down on all these gambling bets, and you see how he is. And that was a big twist for me originally when uh, his brother-in-law or whoever cancels his initial bet. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, what? You canceled the bet? I mean, that was huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't also, know. also, I'm not aware of any bookie that will cancel your bet on behalf of someone else. Well, I think that was supposed to be like a power move of you are supposed to get some inkling of like what kind of pull this guy has, but they really didn't dip too much further into yeah. that. The thing is, you're you're absolutely right in your assessment there. Um, but I uh, again, that is a a a knock on this. Where like, mm-hmm. who the fuck is this guy? Right, right. Because, yeah, I agree. You're, you're right. It was definitely meant to be a power move. It's easier but, to take those two guys at the pawn shop in passing as world building and history that exists that you don't really need to know about because they're not front and center. Yes. If he's front and center. You need to know more about what's going on there. Well, the other, the other thing is those guys fit a clear defined role. Mm-hmm. We know who they are. They're high-end pawnbrokers. Mm-hmm. You know, again, like... I'm curious about the specifics of their relationship with him a little bit, right? Where you would have the fact that they're willing to put out that much money on him, the fact that they have a running issue with him, but still are willing to give him the money begrudgingly. And finally, that on a personal level, they kind of seem to care. Yeah. Like, that's interesting to me, mm-hmm. that whole dynamic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... Uh, who the fuck is Arno? <laughs> Which all the for the whole, <laughs> literally the whole movie I thought his name was Arnold, um, but you know the, whatever. Um, but no, I thought I mean I like I genuinely thought Sandler was really good. I thought um, I it's gonna take me a long time to get over. I've never really seen like an outwardly lecherous Adam Sandler, <laughs> like him sitting in the closet like texting her and like looking at her and shit like that. Uh, like, yeah, that was good. That was, it was good, but it was on the other hand, it was like, okay, like he's always been immature. And like, there's been like jokes about like literally like boobies and stuff like that with Adam Sandler. Right? There was like, a missed ooh. opportunity for a recycled Billy Madison line while he was in there. Yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, like I, I've seen that side of him with like the male gaze type of thing. I've never seen like a, <laughs> If he whipped his dick out and started jerking off in this scene, it wouldn't feel out of place, except it would even more haunt my dreams forever than just what's going on right now. <laughs> like, rationalizing the Adam Sandler that I know with the Adam Sandler that I know obviously has to be able to be someone who can exist, right? Like, both in the space of him as a person and as an actor was still shocking to the senses for me, right? Because right. it's like a piece of your childhood that's being scandalized. 
That was gross. Um, it I, was real gross. <laughs> it was super gross, and it was like it resonated because it's like, oh. Well, yeah, even then, I mean, the movie. I, I almost thought that you know some of the guys who thought he owed them money or whatever were going to intercept that or beat down the door. I mean, some of it to me was the um, not knowing what was going to happen next or anything like that. Uh, I didn't think she was just going to walk up unharmed and then they were going to hook up. I mean, that was the most furthest from my mind because he was already in the shit at that point. So I agree. That uh, seems like a major vulnerability that he left on top of the many other vulnerabilities we examined. And also on top of the fact that this is literally what's causing the dissolution of his marriage. Right. Um, You're right. That could have been a really good opportunity to have him by the balls Right. If someone like he wasn't exactly hiding it that well, if his no. wife knew about it, anyone who and he was being followed throughout the course of the movie. Well, the apartment's anyone, registered in his name. So that like, too. anybody could have caught him at that point in time. I was still nervous that they were going to like just beat down the door. And he oh. was thinking that. Hook up with oh. his, yeah. So. I don't know. It still had me at that point. Like I said, I want to give it a rewatch. Um, but I think it was a great film. And you guys might think less so. I also I've kind of been confused by Lakeith Stanfield. I, I feel like he's kind of a chameleon because I didn't even realize that was him for like most of them. Oh, that's him. <laughs> I know, but like, it's funny because we were just talking about like him being in Knives Out. And, and he's just the standing movie. there. Like six weeks ago, and I didn't even put two and two together that's him. And there's like, he's been in a couple other things too, where like every time I see him in something, I'm like, that guy's kind of familiar. Who is that? And I'm like, oh shit, that's like he's Sanfield. <laughs> um, but I actually kind of liked that role. I thought that was interesting, that whole dynamic between him and Damani, because I didn't realize at first that he actually worked for him. Right. And then I realized that the scam that they're running together, like whether or not he quote unquote officially works with him, whatever that. That whole thing, I was like, oh, this is like an interesting dynamic between the two of them. And then it's like, oh, like he's feeling himself and he's trying to take some of the power of this relationship. And it's because he doesn't respect him and it's not someone to be respected. Um, I found that whole thing to be interesting. Yeah. I'm very curious what these two are going to do next. Are you? Yeah, only because I'm like, if you like, I'm not going to see it. I would probably read up on it when it comes out but like if it's is it gonna be shitty people and then uh like a, a, a you know a character getting it again in the end like it, you know fool me it, like at the same time the same good time <coughs> i feel like it, like we we kind of went through it already it's it's a similar thing happening it's it's yeah. it's not it's nothing new um it's a little bit more polished i think um but other than that it's just it, it's just kind of blah. It just didn't really. It it didn't land for me. And I, I, I again, I think there's just too much praise for it, uh, holding it up to a level that I don't think it's nearly close to. I do think that they could get there, but um, I don't know that they're going to get the criticism they need to do. Well, I mean, if you look at the two movies in a vacuum, of course, that's how you're going to feel. But if you look at the landscape in 2019. In 2017, and the movies that actually came out that year, comparatively, I think we need something like this. And even going back to like 70s New York films, like Dog Day Afternoon and something like that, nobody was telling them 
that oh your product is not finished enough like we you know they were just making what they were making and i think this movie is just an example of that two guys doing a thing and they lucked out and they got adam sandler and that's fucking awesome um, I guess I just I would, don't understand the uh, runaway praise is what I'm is what my problem. I agree because I would I would I get what you're saying, Gary, and I don't disagree. I just the polish versus the unpolished that this is like finished and well conceived and like fully realized or not. And I did feel like this was more fully realized than Good Time was, which even more confuses to me why the the praise was. To a certain extent, and I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned the thing about like some of those movies in the 70s or movies about the 70s, because sometimes by design, they show those rough edges. Um, to a certain extent, as we're talking through this, this movie kind of reminds me when you talk about the scale and the level of the movie and like the idea of like kind of an auteur doing something like off on their own, like they're just going to do their own thing. They don't care how much money it makes. They don't care about any of those factors. They're just going to set out to realize their vision. This movie reminds me a little bit of a movie that me and Anthony love. That is sort of what you're saying about, oh, let's do something small, the snapshot of something very specific involving shitty people, and maybe you don't root for any of them. Do you know the movie I'm talking about? I'm assuming you're talking about Death of Stalin. <laughs> no, I was talking about Free Fire. Oh, God, Free Fire is so good. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking The Town. No. Um, <laughs> I'm always thinking The Town. <laughs> no, that was, a much bigger, that was a much bigger movie than any yeah, of the three. no, you're movies. right. <laughs> I'm always thinking The Town. <laughs> Um, and like, and you get where I'm getting at with yeah. this. Yeah. Like, that's an example of how to do this sort of movie where you want to tell this really small, specific story about these complex dealings about the people, you know, not exactly on the up and up, right? Um, and they're mostly shitty people. And by the end of it, you're like, oh, wow. I, like, at first, maybe you're like, oh, I want to root for this person, that person, not whatever. By the end, you're like, oh, I can't really root for any of them. Like they're all they're pretty bad, um, and a lot of them end up dying or getting what they deserve. And it's like that movie was compelling, but it was good and interesting and balanced in all of it, despite dealing with really shitty people. And there was really nothing super redeeming in that movie either. But it still managed to balance itself. There's nobility amongst uh, the I would crack. argue that that movie gave us Hammer Cavill, which was super appealing. <laughs> well, of course, yes. Uh, it, it did literally create the hashtag Hammer Cavill that accompanies all of our episodes on Twitter. Um, did you see that movie, Gary? I did. I wasn't a fan. <laughs> That's funny that you love these two movies and don't like that movie. I know. Don't like these two movies. <laughs> That is a weird dynamic that I wish I could explain, and I do not have an ability to. <laughs> that just seemed like it. more of a studio sort of deal, like Except bad times. It was time not a studio deal. It was okay. an A24 movie. <laughs> yeah. Same production company, right? No, you're yeah, right. Produ- it just seemed bigger with, you know, Topher Grace and um, Evans and... No. No, okay. <laughs> None of those people were in that movie. No. 
<laughs> I want to know what movie he's thinking about. <laughs> yeah, because you're, you're thinking of a different movie than we are because those people are not in this movie. No, it oh, wow. had Charlton Copley and Cillian Murphy and Army Hammer and Brie Larson. Oh, that's why I thought Chris Evans, Army Hammer. No, no, Army <laughs> Hammer and Henry Cavill is the connection. <laughs> okay. Well, that's probably... <laughs> What movie are you talking about? <laughs> no, you guys are right. I I just confused in my mind Chris Evans and Henry Cavill, or not Henry Cavill. Um, what is happening right yeah. now? <laughs> I don't know. We were doing great for a while. Uh, we're going on like three hours on the recording here. Well, <laughs> just. That's all for this week's episode of Likes in a Six. We hope you enjoyed it. As always, if you have a movie for us to review or nuggets for us to discuss, you can send those requests to FlixInTheSix at SpinTune.com or tweet us at the SpinTune. Tune in next week for more movie and beer goodness. Until then, I'm Anthony Costanzo. I was very drunk when I saw that movie. I'll have you know. <laughs> I'm very correct. <laughs> Thanks for coming out. <laughs> Manda Watch. This is the season finale. This is the dramatic end of the first season. Man, again, I've been saying it since episode one of The Mandalorian. The show is just so much fun. It's so entertaining. I fun really, is a great word for it. it, it I, I have spoken. <laughs> uh, and, the last, and the last word was spoken on the life and death of Quill, unfortunately. Oh, that was the episode pr- prior. Well, no, but like we weren't a hundred percent sure oh, he was dead until yeah, beginning of the episode. This is the one that we got. Oh yeah, so this is the one where we got the tremendous scene of the two stormtroopers chatting for like I don't know ten minutes. It felt open. like ten minutes. It was it it got into Family Guy. This joke is going on too long. Uh-huh. Um, the payoff ended up being great. But oh yeah, I I I actually do you think they maybe should have just tightened. Slightly, he killed. But a guy in for general, <laughs> what's that? He killed a guy for interrupting. <laughs> yeah, no, but overall, like there was some really strong bits to it. Like their like whole interplay was great. Um, I love that it's Jason Sudeikis because it was just classic Jason Sudeikis. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole like argument was really great. Like you just want to see the thing, don't you? <laughs> no, no, I just you know like you just want to see it. <laughs> yeah, like you said. Uh, hey, should we come now? Um, yeah, he just killed a guy for interrupting. So, uh, okay, My, we'll, think, we'll hold. We'll but, hold with <laughs> the best part about it was me thinking that that scene was over, and then them slowly pulling back on the camera, and then one of them taking their blaster out and trying to shoot the can. Uh, it did. It kind of went again to that thing that we talked about a few weeks ago. With is the joke about stormtroopers not being able to hit anything as funny if they're in on the joke, but. The look of where he's just looking at the gun, like like it's how? like yeah, like there's something wrong with the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that I, actually kind of brought it around for me. That and I, I think it would have been if it was just him doing it, then I feel like it would have felt fallen a little flat. But then the other guy misses too, and it's so good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when he punches uh, the little Yoda on the head, I was very angry. Oh, uh, absolutely, I was, I was getting pissed. And real pissed. Do the hand thing. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> that was so great at the end. Make him do the magic hand thing. And he like waves his hand and Baby Yoda just waves at him. <laughs> so good. I would watch that scene over and over again. Uh, um, I, we I get... love IG-11 oh. coming in and fucking shit up. Like yep. just like just broke his arm. I was like, oh God. <laughs> so good. So good. The uh, Also, uh, I, was a, I was a little bummed at the... Uh, at losing the character, <laughs> the blowing of the char- blowing up of the character again. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like Although, oh, we have a band of heroes, and then they were all gonna go our separate ways. <laughs> I know, I was so disappointed about it. I was like, what do you mean? We just like kicked ass. Like everybody get on the ship and let's have adventures in the fucking galaxy together. Right. I love this ragtag group, which I imagine will happen, right? But like yeah, I guess it's just they don't up. want to make them series regulars, right? Like they'll come back for their episode or three when like the time comes. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, I'm like, fuck no, man. I want to see the adventures of Kara Cynthia and Grief and fucking Mando and Baby Yoda mm-hmm. and IG eleven and they're just cruising the galaxy, getting into fucking hijinks. You know what it is? It's Archer in space, but better than what they actually did. And I actually like the new season, Archer <laughs> 1999. It's just that again. Like, these fucking guys going out and doing shit. Except, like, actually trying to do good instead of, like, doing stuff purely for money. Like, you, like, you know they're going to end up doing things more likely good than not. Or, like, similar to the Guardians of the Galaxy, right? What do you want to do? Something good? Something bad? A little bit of both? Like, I feel like it's going to be that dynamic to a certain extent. I don't know. Yeah. I love that dynamic. I wanted to see more of it. Although I do appreciate the the parallel storytelling of you know him insisting on self destructing, and then him nobly insisting on self destructing and actually paying off that Chekhov's yep. thermal detonator. <laughs> Can we start using that as the phrase? What Chekhov's thermal detonator? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. Also, uh, I was not expecting how badass of an action scene that would be him riding on a fucking speeder bike shooting up everything. That was so cool. It was so again, much oh, it was so uh, much fun. I don't know how else to describe it. I was going to say again, bringing back the parallel of Star Wars meets John Wick cuz mm-hmm. that felt like a John Wick. It's just on steroids cuz it's lasers and it's super fast instead of Absolutely. on a horse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh man. The um I can't think of his name. IG11? Nope. Moff Gideon? Character, yeah, thank you. Moff Gideon. Uh, it, it, it was like that weird thing of like, I knew he was going to be in the show, and then he wasn't in the show for a long time, and then it's the end, and I'm like, I guess he's going to be in the next season more, and then it's, you get to two episodes. I just, I wanted I wanted a little bit more of the character, but overall, they didn't progress the story much, and that was like one of the issues, which is fine, um, because the, the as one-off episodes, they are fun. Like, you can go on Disney+, Plus, pick a random one, and enjoy it like by itself. It doesn't need anything else, and that I feel like that's more how it was made for like rewatchability. I definitely panicked after episode six. I was like, "Oh my god, the future of the show is just we're gonna just keep doing these fucking one-off episodes." Mm-hmm. Going back now, like my panic is diminished. I still would have treated one of those one-off episodes for more A story. More story. Like I'm good. I was good with two. Mm-hmm. Three just felt like too many. Like I, I wanted it to be more substantially. And who knows? Maybe next season there will be. Yeah. Um, I don't know, if you think, I think about Rebels, right? Because like in Rebels, I feel like uh, there's a lot of shows that are just one off, and and like a little bit of stuff is happening. But there's like maybe I don't know six episodes a season that are like core story that like really tie it all together. And while the other episodes have a nice little bit of like. Like the little additions to it, it doesn't. They're not. They're mostly throwaway. 
Yeah, I, I don't know. Well, but the other thing is, like, each season was like twenty episodes, so it was like right, and that's why it's you got different, you got but... six that were hardcore story, you got six that were throwaway, and then a bunch of them that were a mix of the two. Yeah, so it just felt better balanced overall. But the thing is, like, looking back now, if I know, okay, next season's gonna be eight episodes, there's gonna be roughly four, there's gonna be roughly five, say that is hardcore story, and three that's one off. I'm good. Like, mm. I'll know that that's what to expect next season. I won't get that anxiety, right? Like now. Okay. Episode five, I thought, was pretty substantially the weakest of them. The one on tattooing, um, I yeah. thought four. I thought four was pretty strong, and it was oh. important because it in- introduced Kara. And I thought oh, six yeah, yeah. was yep, yep, yep. really good, and we get the tease at the end that those characters are likely to come back at some point. Uh-huh. So um, I thought five. Now five also ended with that little thing at the end. So you listen to the the yeah. rule of two episode. I love Freddy's theory that it might be Cad Bane. Mm. I don't know if it's anywhere near true. I love that because it didn't ever cross my mind. I've been stuck on everyone theorizing it's Boba Fett and I'm just hoping against hope that it's not. So. Yeah, I hope it's not also. There's no, I feel like they, I mean, it. while if you wanted to introduce him back in this space, that would probably make sense to do him, like to bring him here. Let um, the past die yeah and yeah. considering easily you know actually did mm-hmm. and doesn't have the force but uh, uh yeah so i i don't really I, I wouldn't be terribly offended i just think it would be more fun to be somebody else uh like anyone else anyone else <laughs> it's <laughs> wicked uh it- <laughs> you know who would be more interesting for it to be it would be more interesting if we want to make if we want to introduce other mandalorians and mandalorian adjacent people make it be fucking sabine wren for all you That'd be cool. I'm on board for that because yeah. you know, it, it ties up the loose end of where does her story go next? Right, right. That would be awesome. They haven't announced what the next animated show is, but I assume or I re- damn sure hope that the next one they do is where the fuck is Ezra? Mm. Uh, you haven't finished uh, Rebels yet, but... Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, One thing that I... Uh, I, I feel like they should have just kept his helmet on. I like what they did and what it was for the story of him like coming to term like letting the droid end up helping him i think that was actually really cool an interesting character moment and also the the kind of fear that's going on on his face when the helmet comes off really good but i i was liking this idea of you know this is the way and i like i could have gotten behind never taking his helmet off yeah but it also made for a great liner i'm not alive uh, yeah, i'm not a living uh, being whatever yeah, it was. that was good that was good i agree also the uh the the blacksmith what was her name uh like just i don't know if we ever got wrecking people with a hammer like that was insane two hammers what a great scene though it was especially considering i was so confused by it the whole time i was like on the one hand i was like she seems really confused by if they all survived or not yet she has all the armor piled up shouldn't she be able to do the math (laughs) two how is she not dead if everyone else was killed and she got all the armor back because it's all here you know what Mm -hmm. i mean so i assume that they came into the enclave and killed all them uh, though I don't know why they didn't just, just literally just jetpack out and escape after that fight was done, right? Right. Because it's like, well, I was just confused, actually, by that. Um, I think it was a little bit of a plot hole. Because if like, you said, okay, like, they just ended up kind of losing that battle, right? Or it was a Pyrrhic victory. Mm-hmm. But it's they're like, oh, no, like, they just kind of went back to their business. And then the stormtroopers rolled them and killed them all. It was like, yeah, it's weak. But they, they had the conversation on the battlefield. You're going to have to move the Enclave. Shouldn't that be done like right now? Not run the battles we'll get over. Around to it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
It's kind of an emergency, right? Let's go back to base and regroup. Or, and hear me out, <laughs> we leave. Well, <laughs> that was still confusing to me. How is she still just down there, like, literally just doing her job of melting down more Beskar? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how has no one found her yet? A little strange. But uh, made paid off with some really cool stuff, right? He got the Rising Phoenix. He got a little... Someone finally name-dropped the Force and the Jedi. Um... And then we got to watch her beat up a bunch of stormtroopers with hammers. And then we get the, we get that final scene of the the final scene. We got a buff R two D two. That was actually really cool. That lava boat and like the impending doom at the end of that tunnel was kind of cool. And then IG like doing his uh, his very best Schwarzenegger in Terminator two. Of like, oh, I was, I was watching that. I was like, oh my god, they just ripped that off, and I couldn't care less. Like, and after he exploded, if his hand went slowly down into the lava with his thumb up, I would have been like, you got, you know what? Good for you. Good. For Actually, you. it would have been the <laughs> just his head was sinking down because <laughs> it's just like that big conical, like fucking. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, it's funny too because, and I knew obviously a lot about the Eastern mysticism mythology that has gone into star wars since the very beginning did you read that article i sent you guys i sent you and mike and dominic before episode nine came out about it was written by i think it was a person who was of indian heritage um talking about buddhism and eastern mysticism and in its reflection in and its philosophies in star wars I was like, oh, there was a lot of really cool like stuff that I like. I like I knew of, of it like mm. in the big picture, but there was like specifics in there. That I was like, oh wow, this is a really interesting to see how this is all inspired by that. Um, but I was surprised by the idea of uh, that Freddie Prince Jr. was talking about in Amin's Rule of Two, um, talking about also like Greek tragedy and that sort of stuff. Darth Maul as Sisyphus. I was like, oh my god, he's a hundred percent correct. Never made that connection before. That's tremendous stuff. Um, I got a very, and this is before I heard that, but now it even actually strengthens more considering I'm sure it was a felony thing. The whole thing kind of felt like, uh, the, the, uh, Karen and like the river sticks crossing over, right? Like where they're leaving behind this old life and not moving into the afterlife, but into the next life of freedom. And it requires payment and the payment is at the expense of IG 11, mm-hmm. um, as they're, they have, a big ethereal boat rower like it actually fits to that mythology really closely i thought that was pretty powerful i don't know if you got that or if you get it now that i'm saying it yeah um you hear what i'm you do like you like track what i'm saying yeah that's great yeah that i forgot you you always send me these these incredible things to read and i always like (laughs) put them on my read later list and then i i feel like i go back to them at times that it's like it's too late for me to comment back on but i do appreciate no you don't have to comment back i I just figured now that i brought it up if you had seen it you know what i mean like (laughs) like, oh yeah i did see it like didn't need a comment so much as just like oh yeah i know what you mean like i'm totally like on board what's going on here for sure uh oh oh crap final final encounter no, there was something else that, that popped into my head during that. Uh, it's gone. It's gone forever. Um, Darksaber. Wow. Uh, oh, my God. That was cool. The funny thing is I was watching that episode with my parents. Uh-huh. It's just the three of us watching it. Because like my dad's been fully on board, and somehow my mom has gotten on board over the course of the show. Um, at least 60% because of Baby Yoda. Mm. Um, Fair enough. And 
my dad was half asleep. My mom was watching, but she like, like, I mean, she understands like fighting in a TIE fighter and all that sort of stuff. Right. Like not like when he crashed, I was like, okay, there's no way he died. And she goes, that would seem weird for him to like, she's like, well, first of all, who's that mom? It's, uh, it's Gus Fring. Who's Gus Fring? Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. Oh, that's Gus. Cause she never saw the show, but like she just knows like of like the big picture stuff. Cause like uh-huh. uh, the funny thing is, I actually when I was watching it, she would like see me like over like my shoulder occasionally, or I'd be like, uh, she like she would like see like half like an episode or like an episode because I was watching this when it was you know on like when it first popped on Netflix when the final season was coming up. So like like every once in a while, like she, I'd be like four episodes ahead, and she's like, oh, what happened between then? I'm like, do you want to watch it? No, just tell me what happened. <laughs> so like she knows like the whole yeah. show, but like didn't see most of it. Um, so it was like, you know, oh, it's Gus Frank. Oh, okay. And I was like, she's like, you're right. That would be weird for him to just be killed off there. I was like, that can't be the end. That's just not how. And then the fucking dark saber pops out of the, the hull of the TIE fighter. And I was like, oh my God, it's the fucking dark saber. And like, literally <laughs> yelled, like, it literally like woke up my dad and he's like, has no idea what's going on. And my mom's like, the what? I was like, the dark saber. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's important. Just say, ooh. Yes. <laughs> She's like, I mean, it's cool. It's a black lightsaber. I was like, honestly, that's enough. Like, that's really all you got to know. <laughs> but, like, it's super important. <laughs> uh, I remembered what I was going to say before that was uh, Freddie said. Did you look up that clip that Freddie mentioned? Which clip? The, the clip um, when he was in that episode. Um, I, I, I've seen it before because I watched all of Clone Wars. But I, it's been a while since I saw it. So I literally paused the show. Looked up the clip of Prey Vizsla fighting with uh, Darth oh, Maul. Oh no, no, with- I didn't. I didn't watch it. I'll send uh, it to you. It's badass. Uh, he had he had made this comment about Yoda, and all of them are Yoda, and I don't. That was definitely a joke. Was that a joke? Yes. I thought he was like. I thought maybe he knew something that he was. No, then, that was, was then realizing that he's not really allowed to talk about. No, I'm ninety five percent sure that was a joke. Oh, okay. All right. That's, that, that was just me. Cur- I was just curious what that was. No, it's p- totally fair. Um, no, but on top of that, like, John Favreau came out, like, they interviewed him at the Golden Globes, and, and he's like... a name or something. Right. Well, two things. They confirmed the name Taika Waititi. He says he knows the name. Um, someone asked him what the name was, and I think he said Fred. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, but then they asked him, and he's like, oh, you're like, I get why everyone is calling him Baby Yoda. Totally get it. We've been referring to him as a child. I get that that's not as catchy. He goes, it isn't Yoda. Just think about the timeline. It's five years after Return of the Jedi. Yoda's been dead for, for at least five years. It's not Yoda. Yeah. Which isn't to say, and this is me speaking now, that it couldn't be a clone of Yoda. Oh, no, I wasn't saying that, they, that he's Yoda, but the joke, I meant, like, I thought, like, there could be this thing about, like, that's what we're calling their species, and he was Master Yoda, as in, like, the master of that, like, the Jedi master of that species. No, but we know that other we know that other one's name is Yaddle. Right, but I'm saying like he's the master Yoda. That's what I was getting at. <laughs> no, no, and I, I and so that's what I was is, wondering. His name is like a double entendre. Like no, like no, maybe he has a name that we actually don't know. That's okay, what I was kind of getting at. We know another curious. one of them has another name, so yeah. But he was the master Yoda. Yeah, <laughs> he's Yaddle the Yoda, and he's the master Yoda. Oh, that- <laughs> Um, also, that's like that's a, that's too Mario Mario Luigi Mario for me. Um, I, you might not have caught it because that's the only one you've listened to, right? I think you'd actually like all of them. Um, 
but that's the only one. They mentioned it at one point, um, but in other episodes, they were using it much more. Amin coined the name Yiddy for Baby Yoda. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, we have Yoda and we have Yaddle, so we need to keep with that naming convention. Let's go with Yiddy. <laughs> It's like the one that him and Pablo did the first one. Like they said it a million times. That's great. Um, yeah. Overall, I like I said, a lot of fun with the series. I'm very, very much looking forward to a season two. And Me too. Um, I will I, I also, probably be rewatching a handful of these episodes, like here and there, just throwing them on. That? I'll probably be rewatching a few of the episodes, like oh really? Here and there, I, I mean, I could see it. I'll probably rewatch this when the next season's coming out. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Or at least like I'll rewatch parts of it and like Boom. those final two you know what i mean like oh, anyway <laughs> i just want to listen to the music every once in a while oh yeah it's cool because it's like both very not star wars and yet also perfectly star yep. wars um which i don't understand how that makes sense but it does to me um i uh w- uh back to the scene with ig11 like rolling through town the face that the child makes of pure delight elation yeah as he's just like, and the the wind is blowing back his yeah. hair and his ears. <laughs> of all the adorable shots of him, that is like the, the hands one. down win. That one is the way. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I thought that what Freddie said was really interesting about the dark saber, about Moff Gideon having it. Like you just know that that. Um, oh, also, can we talk about the fact that we know his name now? We know Mando's name. Oh yeah, what was his name? I think it was a Din Djarin. Yeah, that, I don't remember. It was something that I couldn't fully hear, but I, it was yeah. definitely it was definitely D something and then DJ something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I saw the spell. I think it's Dinjarin. Um, that ultimately it's gonna have to because the dark saber since after it had been originally constructed by Tarvisla uh, has always been a sign for the Mandalorian since they reclaimed it from the Jedi. That whoever has it is the Mandalorian, which there's an apostrophe in there somewhere. Yep. Um, or the Mandalore, I think it was, right? Um, who is the leader of Mandalore. Um, it's taken by force, a la like the Elder Wand in Harry Potter. Um, and it signifies who is the leader, and Moff Gideon considers himself the leader, whether or not he's gained it properly. You know that it's going to come down to a conversation eventually, right? Where Din will probably have to defeat him and take it, right? Absolutely. Okay. Although... I wonder. Sabine. He dies and Sabine somehow gets it. And now we have a story with her. Well, so you didn't finish Rebels yet, but Sabine yeah. had it at one point and she gives it up willingly to who she thought should be the willing oh. leader. Um, but Gideon having it likely means that the person she gave it to is dead. Mm-hmm. I won't tell you who that person is. Okay. Um, but no, what I was going to say is we don't know how much time will pass the course of the show. Is it possible? I'm just theorizing here. Could Din ultimately die, and in the process, the child gets that? It oh. doesn't need to construct them a lightsaber. That's the lightsaber <laughs> the child gets, and he is now officially a Mandalorian. Yes, because he's been officially adopted by Din. Din is his guardian. Oh my! He is now God. part of the people. He's part that? of the way. Will the leader of Mandalore eventually be the child? This is the way. This is the way. (laughs) Oh, my God. Right? Tell me this is not the way. (laughs) So good. (laughs) That's it. No, that's it. We're leaving on that. That's where... That's... That's... That's season four of The Mandalorian. We got it. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop, bitches! (laughs) 
See you next week.